0: Our friends over at Easy Roller Dice Company have a brand new Dice of the Giants Kickstarter that is live right now. These things are huge, 48 millimeters. I don't know what that is in American. D20s with some wicked designs and feature a hand-drawn font. Go to EasyRollerDice.com slash Giants to see the entire set of six and secure yours now. The dice include Dice of the Stone Giants, Fire Giants, Hill Giants, Storm Giants, Frost Giants, and Cloud Giants. Again, go to EasyRollerDice.com slash Giants to see them all and get yours now. EasyRollerDice.com slash Giants. And now, on with the show. This episode was recorded live at GameX 2019. This episode is unlike our regular shows. If this is your first time listening you may wish to choose a different episode to find out what our content is typically like. Thank you. I'm in Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max. Pursuing the RPG hobby with Reckless abandon.
1: And we are live from Strategic Con Game X 2019. And I'm here with many people who've run games. <laughs> My name is Kimmy, and I am uh, being Stu tonight because Stu's gone, because it is the closing weekend affair, and he's busy and gone. Um, and we are here, and this is our live studio audience. <laughs> Yay. It's very exciting We've had a bunch of games run uh, Both on the books and both at Games on Demand too Which Tomer, Tomes for oh. Happy Jacks fans Has done an amazing job of building that up And running that at Strategic Con this year It's been amazing um, So yeah, let's talk about some games
2: Can um, we start with bad alcohol? Because that feels okay. like a really good tradition <laughs> yes.
1: It sounds like a diversion.
2: Because I heard that Kazay <laughs> made some shit Oh god <laughs> And that's literally what it says on the label <laughs> It does, it says shit So,
3: if you have ever owned an instant pot,
2: (laughs) is that like the thing you use when you you have a cold? You
3: can make anything in an instant pot. Anything, anything. You can say, "Can I?" Can you make a cake with an instant pot? Yes." Yes, you can. Can you bake a steak with an instant pot? Yes, you can. And then the question becomes, can you? Of course make wine with an instant pot no you can't (laughs) and the answer is troubling so so we tried you know we tried very hard and then we we brought it here and or at least we put it into a bottle and we decided we would try it beforehand and we realized it wasn't quite good in fact I believe the term I've been using is it tastes like Bigfoot's taint. Mm. <laughs> so it's a little yeasty. It's a little sweet. It's a little like there's a lot, you know. So naturally, I I, like I, t- chew. I texted Dave and I said, hey, we've made really bad wine. And Dave says, all right. <laughs> and obviously we had to bring it. So we made shit wine. Yes. The malort of Merlot, <laughs> if you will. The that's
4: of Merlot. <laughs> yes. That's and it's thing. aged.
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah.
5: it aged? It is aged. <laughs> I'm not even having any, and I feel sad. Watching you drink you it. You mean you're not having this. any? Exactly
1: All right, that. so just yeah. just check that out. Just as we're out as we're pouring this, whole on. We're going to check the bouquet. Don't, don't drink it yet, because no. we want someone to do their amazing con report first. Oh. So pour it, oh, yeah. and we'll fill the time. <laughs> while yeah, we're
2: that's good. This. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you a, don't you have to like, double thickness those plastic cups? Cause you want to eat through oh, it? Oh God! Is it?
1: <laughs> so here's stand right here, please. Right. This is Eric, and he runs Strategic Con. Yeah! Thank you. Thank you. So far so good?
6: Yeah. Good. We had a part. We had an interesting day today. I'll just put it that way. Um, so some good news. We think this still has a shot of being the largest gamex we've ever run. Yeah! It's going to be close. Okay. Really close. We're pushing 2000 right now, but we're not quite there. I don't think, but we're within striking distance. Of be, the records 2100, so I think we can make it. But anyway, everyone having a good time. Yeah. yeah! Well, thank you very much for coming out. We uh, can't do it without it. It's you without you. So
1: thank you again. Here you go. We can't do it without you either. We appreciate you.
2: I think it's really smart that Eric asked, if "We were having a good time?" Before we drank this, because <laughs> afterwards I don't know.
3: So do you smell the bouquet.
2: The
7: bouquet has that of a. Uh, the bouquet is that of a mildewing possum underneath the bed.
8: I covered it with my hand just to keep the bouquet. Wait, the possum ready for has me. been
7: draped in grape juice.
8: <laughs> but, no, no, no. After I covered it with my hand during our con report, my hand itches. <laughs> you
2: just have to smell it. You just have to smell it. Just smell it.
1: Jason <laughs> Stuntmouth.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. Please. That's what I've heard about you, weasel
1: creature. All right, so- weasel creature oh, is Jason stunt before. mouth. I'm going to do the play-by-play. Play. I'm going to count to three, and everybody has to down. <laughs> oh, down my down God. Down. No. This
2: just smells so I bad. We are doing a podcast tonight.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. You'll I brought
2: fine. durian to a podcast, and this smells right. bad. Oh, yeah,
1: I will survive. So we're getting ready, dear listeners. On the count of three. Ready? One, two, oh, three. Oh, go. oh God. Oh, God. Their faces. They're so bad. No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Chris Chris might be dead. Chris Chris might have might have thrown I him. hate you, yeah. Dave I... <laughs> It's the worst. You know it's not that bad. <laughs> oh god. It's like
7: grape bad, juice you're... fell into the gutter.
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah. It's like a bottle of Manischewitz wine. I have had worse. Oh gut. God! Yeah. This is <laughs> oh sweet Jesus.
2: They're
1: frantically getting out other beverages.
8: Ah!
2: All right, so open, open you fucking coffee. Uh, uh, uh,
9: so God. so, Kazay, Dave Kazay, seventy-seven. No, I want to know if this is the Malort of
1: Merlot. Merlot.
9: It wasn't that bad. Someone wondering What, what lort tastes like?
1: Oh. I, oh! I am still scarred from that experience. I'll
8: help you answer that question because I still have some from the time we did it. Because no one wants <laughs> no to drink. One
1: will drink it, and Dave will wow. not throw it away.
8: That is that is not good.
9: I mean, All right.
2: I mean, either I'm already drunk, or this isn't that bad. <laughs> you know,
1: I want to. I'd
2: like to chase it if anybody wants some. There's uh, there's vegan jerky from the uh,
1: lobby. If it's still stuck in my
7: sinuses, Kimmy.
1: I'm sorry. It, won't, why, leave. it won't leave. Why would you not I know. get
2: vegan jerky when it's available? Yeah. So I'm going to try
1: that. Yeah. Bill has brought vegan beef smell. jerky. That smells bad. Or <laughs> beef. <better. laughs> All right. I'm going
2: to walk over and force Dave Sam in this hand.
1: All right. So why don't we get started on the first game while uh, we're doing the taste testing? So who ran a game on Friday night? Did anybody run Friday I, night games? I did. You did? Then why don't you start? So we're going to so start... With uh,
7: your game, teacher voice came out. Yeah. Teacher voice, it did. Yeah. sorry. Uh, okay. So, uh, what
1: did you run, and uh, like, just give us a super quick synopsis of it?
7: Okay, uh, I'm Chris. I ran uh, my game, The Great American Novel, on Friday <laughs> night, <laughs> and uh, we ran it with the trappings of Jaws. <laughs> I would like to say that the reason I did this was because Dave, my esteemed colleague, insisted that I do so. At the last con three months ago. Uh, and so I did. I put it together. I watched the movie. I read the IMDb. I did a lot of work. Kadave. And uh, suddenly uh, Kadave said, Oh, you know, Dave 77 needed me for I don't know what. I, I lost consciousness after that. But <clears throat> I did too. <laughs> in spite of that it was uh it was a, a great american novel it was a game that follows the drama of characters and it was great with jaws it was wonderful i think the the party was was had a great time the shark came out at the end at the right moment and uh, it was great. It was fun.
1: Nice. Um, and this is the system that, that you wrote. And you've talked yeah. about it a couple times.
7: Yeah. Yeah. This was kickstarted. Uh, actually, I'm finishing it now to go to publication and distribution. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a really fun system. I haven't grown tired running it. And I run it nice. a lot because it can handle anything. And Rick. it's so much fun. So, um Jaws was, uh, was was worked, and I, I think that any any story that has character drama can work.
1: How do you find because um, it's a system designed to run like the Great American Novel? That's the name of it. Yeah. How do you find uh, running like movies and like like stuff like Jaws in comparison to running like The Great Gatsby? I,
7: I think that th- all stories when focused on characters. Uh, are the same story we're not, we don 't care about the plot. one of the hallmarks of great American novels is it almost doesn 't matter what 's happening in the background. You know it, it, There was a lot happening in the Great Gatsby, but we didn 't care about anything except what the characters were doing to one another and, uh, and that 's what the game does so you could be having you can have car chases and you can have shark hunts, uh, but, but what 's happening is the drama aboard the boat
1: nice um, and were, did you have people who hadn 't played the system yet in your game
7: Yes, uh, in fact. There was only one person, I think, at the table that had played. I I could be wrong about that. But uh, the uh, and and several of the uh, players weren't used to the sort of uh, narrative control that you have in the game. The game is an exchange using currency of narrative control. You take uh, the story and run it with it as if you are the GM. And we take it back. And it's not even a negotiation like fate. No, you're paying to do this with your currency. So, uh, yeah, and once they figured that out, the token started flying, and I just got to sat, sit back and watch.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's the best GM feeling. Yeah,
7: I like to write games where I don't have to do anything.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, What's one thing you learned from running it this weekend? Uh,
7: with, with Jaws, I think the, uh, the thing that I learned was a uh, great American novel can work with tension if you're careful. Uh, one of the things about the system is that you are everything's above the board. You know what all the conflicts are. You know what everybody's motivations are. And so it's really hard to have surprises. But if you're following Spielberg's style, you really have to have surprises. And so um, one of the things I was trying to be conscious of, which I think applies to other games, is uh, don't, show the, don't show the shark until the end. If you're running a horror novel, uh, or a horror game, rather, uh, whether it's great American novel or not, that's a really good lesson. Don't show the... And I'm glad I waited, and I did, until the very last moment. It was a wonderful moment, and it was worth the wait.
1: That's what makes the shark so good in that movie. That was
7: it.
4: Um,
1: Now, you said that they had more narrative control than they're used to. Um, How does that work with doing the story of Jaws or something that we already kind of know the story of? Do they get to go... Like, how, how do you kind of navigate? Do they get to go off and do whatever they want? Do they need to stay to the script? What do they, what do, they do in a great American novel?
7: No, there was, there was actually a moment where we had to discuss the script. <laughs> but what we, we are playing the trappings of Jaws. That doesn't mean we're playing Jaws. So we're, we have our own characters. Uh, but the, uh, the, the, the the conflicts come out of the natural interactions in the game. So there was a moment where we had to sit back and say, wait. Uh, we're about to go into the threshold. If you do this move, we're going to go into the threshold. But that threshold is talking about the cover-up that the city does, saying these are boating accidents, and, and there's a celebration coming, and there isn't a shark. And that's a, that's a completely different story. Do you want to do that, or do you want to continue down this track and do another uh, crossing of the threshold later where it's more about the shark? And we had to have that discussion at the table, uh, you know, our character. And everybody's like, yeah, we want the shark. So we just we, we bypassed that and went on to the shark, and it, and it was a, a negotiation, but it worked.
1: That's awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, Anything else you want to add about that?
8: Uh, uh, Well, no. I
7: don't think so.
1: Oh, Dave.
8: It was uh, an engaging enough game that it survived me, dressed all in super bright canary yellow (laughs) (laughs) with a crown of Muppet fur, uh, leaning into the boardroom and singing Spanish ladies mid-game. And everybody, like, there were people around the table, they didn't know me at all. Like, it wasn't people that, and they're like... Whoa. and then and then he just starts laughing and i'm like and i just left and they're like what
1: just happens i said and never I mind didn't derail it inside joke it's okay yeah i went in cuz i saw you and i like wanted to like like voyeur like see the game and then i re- sat down and i realized like i didn't know very many people at the table which is kind of weird for our games and that? i was like oh i feel creepy i'm going to sit here for a second so it's not weird that i'm leaving right away and then I'm going to (laughs) leave. But it was very cool.
7: I didn't even notice you were there. That's (laughs) hilarious.
1: Just for a few minutes. Um, Very cool. Um, You ran Friday Night, right? Dave, what did you run? And tell us a short summary of it. Oh, I
3: ran Space 1989, and Space 1989 is a playtest. Of our next game because we just finished our Kickstarter on Friday, so obviously we needed to do something brand new. Woo-hoo. And so this was eighty-eight minds around forty-four women, and we have some players here. Actually, Dave actually reprised his character, which was the King of Everything Yellow, and
8: we're let. I'll just
3: pass it on. Right there.
8: That explains why I was wearing a <laughs> crown of. Canary yellow muppet fur. I just want you to wander
2: around the halls like, has anybody seen my little curious monkey?
8: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, no, we. As with many games uh, I encounter with Dave at the helm, it's weird, man. It's a weird game. We had a lot of fun. Everybody around the table, we were just. We spent most of the time laughing. Uh, and coming up with the worst possible solutions <laughs> to every like, oh, there's a problem. Cool, but I have to say my favorite thing in the game was, and I it, this organically sort of came about, and I loved it. Was we decided to purchase for our spaceship an autopilot. What was the name of the ship? Uh, what was the name of the ship? The Sharona. Sharona. My bad. Who's was it? Who's was it? it was mine? It's it mine. Was mine. <laughs> Oh, my God. It was my I get that reference. I forgot. Uh, no, but um, so then I don't know who came up at the table with the idea of it was an autopilot run by a fungus. So it wasn't a computer. You did the fungus. All right.
7: Yeah. All right. Let the record show is Rob Hebert. Yes. That raised his hand.
1: <coughs> That's so, where this wine came from. So, Got it.
8: So then Dave took that and he's like, yeah, okay. So it's a fungus that runs the ship for you guys. All right. And then we did something, and he's like, the fungus smells gratitude at you. <laughs> and we were like, and then we all thought, oh, yeah, but that's awesome. <laughs> like, it was horrifying for a moment, and then we're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's how it would communicate with us. Oh, it's, it's musty thankfulness. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we had a great time, as always, and I got to wear my yellow outfit. So I'm in
1: anybody else want to talk about the game? I actually want to talk oh. with Dave real quick, and then no, yeah. we can get to the players yeah sure. um so this is this the first time you've run this?
3: uh no, I ran it what two twice before, but two cons ago, actually three times, but but two here, and the first time was big Trouble in Little Jupiter, and that was when we had uh the king of everything Yellow first make his appearance. And you were riding around in the heart of glass, mm-hmm. and that was when we had everybody come in costume, except for one guy who had no idea what the fuck was <laughs> yeah, going on.
8: Randomly signed up at the con, yeah. It's
3: like, why is this guy dressed in yellow? Why is Chris in a nun's habit? <laughs> Which doesn't surprise anybody that that Chris would have no I mean, nuns. No, have it. of course not. You know, and other people. Yeah, it was. What was her character? Oh, her character was Sister Christian, of course. Yes.
8: You know.
1: So as you've been running these different iterations, what are some? Of the, have you been making changes to the game based on the playing?
2: Why are you moving the wine towards me?
8: I was moving it away from
2: me because, because he doesn't like your, you. It's
1: your fault.
2: Do you want some more vegan jerky, Dave? <laughs> Who the hell said they wanted vegan jerky? You are a sick man. Come up. Let the record show as weasel Creek. By the way, this smells like a mix of bouillon and dog food. So please enjoy. (laughs) And I'm being gracious. Oh, God. Uh, 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 Wow. I feel like a.
1: So, Bill just fed. Yeah, that's, that's weird. All right. That's my question, Dave. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, a couple. You there were some new finger characters that were actually rolling. introduced for the first time. We released uh, certain types. For instance, we had a medic who I'm going to bring up right now. Our bad boy medic, Doctor Feelgood, and I'm going to let him come on up and explain himself. Go, uh, please.
1: Yay,
2: Doctor Feelgood.
1: What's your name, and who makes you famous, and what makes you famous? <laughs> who makes you famous? I mean, that's a better question. That's a better question too. <laughs> who makes you famous? You Thanks.
10: Uh, my name is Rob, and uh, I played. Uh, I'm famous for playing uh, Dr. Kajagugu, right. who right. is the um, lovable but eccentric medic on the Sharona. Who looks quite a bit like Nikki Six. <laughs> right. Well, the picture, though, is like a black and white printout of Nikki Six, and so it's about the size of a quarter mm-hmm. on the sheet. So I saw, it, and it looked like. Like Kajagoogoo, you know that band from like the eighties, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, and then, it, but also, but but also like Noel Fielding from Mighty Boosh playing Kajagoogoo. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's of course what my character became. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a little bit of some like a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde vibe going on. It's a lot of things, a lot of ingredients in uh, in an instant pot. What was your <laughs> what was your weapon of choice? The syringe? <laughs> <laughs> the a syringe. No, the syringe uh
5: the organ grinder. The, uh, oh yeah, the organ grinder, yes,
10: yes. Which was like a, a uh old time uh machine gun, but it fired. Like a howitzer uh, right? howitzer that would shoot syringes out. One, yeah. yeah. You get it, you get it. That's a
5: nightmare. You just described a nightmare.
2: Yeah. That is a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Plus, that's what you always want in the hands of a doctor, something called an organ grinder. Yeah.
10: That sounds yeah. great. Oh, nobody said he was a good doctor. <laughs> no. that, was never, that was never part of the character sheet or the concept. It, it was an honorary PhD. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was like, Here's your PhD. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much. I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was really fun. And uh, I got to ask somebody to let me lick their sphere, demand that I lick their sphere. Uh, and it was great. It was super gonzo. It was a super gonzo uh gaming session. It was a tons of fun. It was perfect for a Friday night. And we also had a
3: former member of Starfleet that was part of the
10: game. I think he should come up and
3: explain himself.
1: Wait, have a, wait I, have a que- I have some questions real quick first. Wait. Um, so uh, you've been on our podcast a bunch of times. So... Uh, I know you play a lot of like newer systems, things like that. So, what were just some of your impressions of the system, like having played it when it's still kind of in its young iterations?
10: Yeah, I thought that I thought that the that the thing that I had going for it that was really awesome was the system is if you've ever played any PBTA stuff, you can pick it up really easily. And so, whenever a game uses a system that we're familiar with like that, it really comes down to the playbooks and how good those playbooks are at establishing tone which this definitely did i mean it looked like a vhs cover so like it definitely establishes a tone right there and then also just the um the uh the kind of language they use in the in the moves and stuff so it it did a great job of like i I knew exactly how to play this character as soon as i saw this sheet and i was i was down
1: fantastic all right sorry how dare i actually uh, may
2: i say you have some gorgeous hair sir just uh, yes, seconded. Like wow, and from behind where I'm used to seeing men's hair, it looks really good there too. <laughs> kind of barber shop or something,
1: or something. So, what's your name and what makes you famous, or who, whatever?
2: <laughs> what,
11: uh, my, my name is Aaron, and uh, I read a book about somebody who was famous once. Nice, oh. I, three quarters. Uh, um, so I played Lieutenant Redshirt. Um. <laughs> Who, uh, the, the text is an excellent example of how, um, uh, how tight on theme the whole game was. Because it gave me, you know, a short paragraph of what this guy was about. And I immediately understood that this is the red shirt. Who realized that everyone who wears a red shirt dies on all of those missions. And so it's time not to be that guy. So he just left. He just left Starfleet. <laughs> And it occurred to me that, uh, you know, like TNG, they always have the onesies on, at least in the first couple of seasons, and how hilarious would it be if they didn't have zippers? So he just wore that all the time. He couldn't get it off. Uh, uh, And so to to conceal his history, he had just taken duct tape, put it over the top of his communicator, and, uh, and he raided the weapons locker, and he was like, I'm out. I'm doing something else, and he, he hooked up with the king of everything yellow, and uh, thus was his story. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. I'd never really played a PBTA uh, before, and that was so tight on theme, like, I didn't have to think about it. It just went super smooth. It was great.
1: Uh, we, since we tend to play a lot of PBTA, and you hadn't done it before, what were your kind of, like like like, the the dice mechanics and stuff like that. Like, like, were, had you played games before where you'd had that much narrative control of what happened? Uh,
11: no, I run a lot of games usually, and uh, I listen to a lot of your guys' games, so I didn't really have to think about it. <laughs> like, listening to such good games, uh, you know, played over so many years, is just sort of like, oh, yeah, okay, right, 2, 2D6,
3: okay. Well, I mean... Dave just asked me if, if you guys had rolled dice at any point during the game. Oh, yeah. I rolled dice like three times. Right, and I believe Whoa. it was when you were setting the Circle Pie convenience store on fire. I did
11: not set it on fire. I was shooting the guy that set it on fire.
7: You're sounding a little defensive.
11: No. <laughs> a, a little. No, I just stole the Slim Jims. It's getting worse. No.
3: seeing con. you know, this sounds bad. I admit that. Hi, Paul. And then it's like in context, it made perfect sense for them to shoot. I don't think it did. No. <laughs> oh, to shoot him?
2: Yes. Everything leading up to the murder.
11: <laughs>
2: As God is my witness, I thought it was set to stun, Captain.
11: <laughs> well, what was, what was interesting about that is it was a, a Starfleet character, right? And Starfleet is just all about ethics and doing the right thing. And I was like, this is the guy that left. I'm gonna do everything a Starfleet guy is not gonna do. So I shot him in the back. Um, but that was before I was like, I'm leaving this room before it gets violent because I don't want to be in here because uh, I'll die. Uh, so yeah, I shot him in the back. I I was trying to steal from um, cultists. Cultists?
3: Uh, no, they were uh, the afflicted. Right? Afflicted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> cultists? Sorry. Celtics?
11: I mean something. At the end of the day, <laughs> they're all cultists, right? Um, yeah. So the game the game went um, uh, went spectacular, and it was very fun.
3: Actually, getting back to a question you asked me is that about certain changes that have come up about? Thank you about the game as we test it, and I've realized so. Actually, and this is more for Bill, because Bill is like the, huh? the, <laughs> the sci-fi RPG expert. So one of the things is that everybody builds the ship together, and you decide right. the, the yep. extras. Yep. And so I've realized that no matter what I put on the sheets, they're going to say the first thing they add will be a bar.
2: Yeah, of course. Everything. Absolutely. So
3: I don't even like question anymore. I say, no. you will have your bar, and then you tell me what the bar looks like. Right. It's all
2: customization at that point. Sure. And so their bar
3: was a a, a Tiki T pool bar, and the whole pool is the bar. You have to swim up to the bar in the ship.
2: The best part is what happens if the – I'm assuming obviously there's like gravity plates or something, right? If those ever get damaged, that is a straight like up aquatic shit show, right? <laughs> of water everywhere, which is super good for components that of a ship. That's oh, like yeah. a that's like a gift to the GM. But oh, you want a giant pool in the but middle but of your ship? But fungi yes.
3: autopilots love water floating
2: around. Oh here. heck yeah!
3: And it would smell its gravity. <laughs>
2: I'm going to just tell people I smell their gratitude because I like that. I smell your gratitude. Yeah.
5: You
1: didn't say it, but I smell it.
2: Right? Yeah. You don't have to say it. Ah, there it is. It's a lot of fun.
1: That's awesome. Um, so, no. Uh, I have one more question for you, Dave. So you you do a ton of PBTA, and you, you've done a bunch of awesome, really really great systems. We're going to talk about more of them later. Are
3: you um, going to talk about the Kickstarter that we just? Oh my did? god! It's uh, over. It's Jesus! Mouthy.
2: Shut up. Really wasn't PBTA. If we're being honest.
1: Okay, no. But we can talk about that again later. But um, I want A town add- called
2: Shut Up,
3: Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in that town.
1: We all grew up in
3: that town. I know. Actually, I got two guys right here who I went to high school with saying, yeah, we grew up in the town of <laughs> <laughs> Shut Up, Dave. They really did. They know. Hey, where are we? Shut up, Dave. Yeah.
1: That's where it is. <laughs> but Sorry. I want to... Add- like, both people who, who just played that game talked about how easy it was for them to pick up those playbooks yeah. and figure it out. And, like, and, you know, anyone who's played PvTA knows, um, like, how important naming those moves and things are. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many iterations of that d- generally do you go through? Does it, like, especially for this game? Oh, um... Yes, I'm asking real questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> t- t- get that out of my face, sir! <laughs> Steady. It's probably a dollar for every Steady. time I heard that. Steady. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> actually part of it is me trying to pull back and not be too kind of on the nose and silly with some of the names and the moves. Because I, I tend to make them up based off of, at least for Space 1989, after 80s band, or 80s songs. Yeah. So I, I'll let Dave explain some of his moves. That's King of Everything Yellow. Can you name one
8: sharp, sharp man? Oh, that's right. I yeah, yeah, that's one.
3: <laughs> well done.
8: So, uh, How are
3: you going to be my Ed McMahon?
8: <laughs> listen, Hi-oh. You're the funny one, and I sit on the couch. <laughs> so I I, we had an arrangement. I want to tag into that because
2: we have another person who's written a great PBTA game, which is Jason. Yes. Right, and so, and I love in uh, in Demigods like the being a listener and I played. And I think Kimmy brought up a great point: is that what the moves are called sets so much of the tone and helps you as a player. So, how much did you? How many iterations did you go through? How much did you think about that stuff? We're not on Saturday yet. <laughs> Fine. I'm sorry for trying to make you a relevant part of the conversation.
5: <laughs> uh, I, I went through several versions. Uh, there's a there's a real like, it's it's an occasionally agonizing like a bunch of them will just come out like oh yeah this is the perfect name and then agonize over 15 versions of one word in a move and
1: and then fucking tappy shows up and is like polyarmory yeah (laughs) and you're like
5: like the best named move in my game wasn't named (laughs) by me and that's fine he knows he's great
1: Hashtag blessed is awesome. Just ask him.
3: <laughs> I, could, I could
1: add... hi <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. He's not here. We can't ask him. I
7: could add on Happiest Apocalypse on Earth, yeah. the names of the moves were extremely thematic because we are in uh, not the park we're all thinking about, but our park of... Oh, our own design, Mouse Park. <laughs> but I did put in every single move name a um, an homage to Disney movies. And if you know what you're talking about, you'll see them. Um, that also caused a lot of confusion for gameplay. And if I had to do it again, I would love to continue to to say that I had the the, the cojones to do it, but I would probably not. Because in gameplay, it's a little impractical. and Maybe that's what Mr. 77 is saying.
1: I was saying balls.
2: (laughs) Were you translating? Cojones? What is that? Like Balls.
1: balls?
8: Balls. 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 (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I got
1: nothing. All right, no, no, it's okay. So uh, now you get the golden question: like, what is the one thing you learned from running that game on Friday? Oh, talking to the microphone.
2: Um, talking to the microphone. Oh,
3: well, actually, I can't answer this question. So, <laughs> hey, Bill, I just finished a Kickstarter. Did you? I did. Good God! And it ended Friday morning, and on Friday. Afternoon, I realized I needed to write an adventure for <laughs> <laughs> damn stretch goals, screw success <laughs> yeah. for you know the evening. And so I agonized over whether or not I had written enough information for you know for an adventure. And I was actually tempted to just say no, I'm going to do something else or 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 whatever. Maybe I'll just go purchase like the PDF for for the new Aliens game and run it before <laughs> they <it> did. <laughs> And so I went in there with probably about a quarter of what I would normally write in, and you know, it what didn't even matter. They, uh, the moment they lit the place on fire is when I realized I don't even. Nah. There's no script here. They're just gonna, they're gonna like party around, steal slim jims. They're gonna, they. I don't need to be involved in this. I'm just, I'm just here to make sure that they clean up their trash on the table after they leave. <laughs> And nobody puts their lips against something they shouldn't. That's the only
2: reason I'm there for the game. Who's really to say what they shouldn't put their lips against, though? Really, uh, Puritan? No means. Who no. invited
3: this bill guy? <laughs> so says the game. Or the, didn't you just hear that he like somebody got demanded? I'm going to lick your
2: sphere. Yeah, yeah. That's. I guess that's my. It's, if it's consensual, sphere licking. How did I have I ever not think I would say that in my life? <laughs> All right, very good.
1: Any other Friday friends? These friends? games
2: are available
3: through <laughs> Monkey Fun Studios, might I add.
1: Did you run on Friday? Oh, I played a Friday game that Tomes ran. Oh, come talk oh, to Tom's ran a game on some, some love. So Tomer is uh, busy running Games on a Man right now, but this guy you may not have heard of, Jim, what? who may be awesome and in a bunch of my games right now. Jim
2: uh, <laughs> Sandoval. He played in Samadol, one of the game. So
1: tell us what what did tomes run and tell us about it well
12: tomes ran a game called uh space station Phobolex uh using the Starcross system um and uh if you never heard of the Starcross system it's a lot like dread is a horror game using jenga this is a game about romance using jenga um uh, star crossed written by who I do not remember. Alex, Alex Roberts. There you go. Alex God, Roberts. Alex Roberts. Um, but uh, so there are a lot of really interesting things that Tomes did when he ran this game. Uh, starting off, what he did was he, set, he squared off the room and he said, to the right side, whoever wants to be play a more serious game, stand over that side. To the left side, if you want to play a more comical game or a silly game, go ahead and stand on that side. Over on that direction, if you want to have more like R-rated sexy times in the romance, go ahead and stand over there. If you want it more sort of like, you know, ABC family romance, just go over to that section. So everybody sort of just stood where they felt comfortable thematically on the way that they wanted to do the the thing. And the, the two people that stood closest to each other in each section were paired off. So he automatically created a situation where everybody would be comfortable with the tone of a romantic game, which uh, you know can have a, can be very difficult sometimes, especially when you're dealing with all ages and you're dealing with people that might be uncomfortable or uh, may feel creeped out by by some things. Um, so, and anyways, we all paired off, and there were about uh, there were four individual couples, so eight of us, and. Uh, it was a persistent universe. Everybody was in that space station at that time, uh, and he came up with a huge list of these little uh, stickers that had different character concepts or types. I picked the um, the the dashing uh, space pirate captain, and my partner ended up p- picking the uh, uh, logical business droid. Um, uh, and, and that was basically our romance. And, and since I was an alien and she was a robot, we both decided that we would be uh, they-thems. So we chose no gender uh, for either character and then proceeded on producing the romance uh, that took place. I, I hate
7: to interrupt him, but that is so funny because that's exactly what our couple did in that game. Oh, really? I was, a, that's, that's... I was an alien and they were a robot. We were all they and we had a romance. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It's yeah, funny.
12: It's really cool. And also on top of that, um, uh, the the way that the game worked is that you would have you had a list of one through eight things and you divvied up into two people uh, into two classes of people one was the lead and one was the follow so the lead would be responsible for framing the opening of every scene and the follow would decide where the scene ended every scene uh and the lead uh would be able to do moves that would intentionally ch- touch somebody or intentionally reveal something about their past while the follow would unintentionally reveal things and unintentionally touch hmm. um, so it, it turned into a situation where, you know, I I wasn't really being very aggressive as far as pursuing a romance, but I was treating the robot as if I was treating another living being, and I would basically just grab their hand to, to, to have emphasis when I wanted them to follow. I, I, first thing I intentionally touched, I, I just grabbed her hands and said, we've got to go over here and take care of this thing. And um, the way that my partner played it was awesome because it was just like this robot trying to figure out what, Emotions were, and so when we touched, it was like there's like this little electronic spark between us, and her cold hand began to warm up, and that warm sensation sort of like uh, and ended up informing a lot of things about the way that she was, and it, the the way that we touched and the contact between us was really kind of weirdly very intimate but innocent at the same time. So it, it really did like a really cool little like nifty romance.
1: That doesn't, wait, wait, wait. Uh, so how does Jenga fit into that? yeah, right. <laughs> so
2: uh, the, the cool thing about... The, so th- this is what Jenga fits into every game. Because Jenga fucking rules, Kimmy. I'm just God. curious. I, I, I think you're curious.
12: I, I didn't know Bill was that... Uh, I didn't know Bill was that pro-Jenga. Oh, my God. Um, wait, I text Sam right now. <laughs> Sam, Kimmy is Jenga curious. Hang on. Great, hey, go. Um,
3: so... I, I really think you're playing the gif- game differently than the rest of us. Kids.
1: So if you've ever played, but Dread, I'm
12: curious to learn.
1: Yeah, if you've ever, as long as there's consent, it's okay.
12: Yes, consent is necessary. We've discussed this. Um, uh, I'm not pointing at Paul. I'm pointing at the guy behind Paul. <laughs> Paul's a lawyer. He always gets consent in triplicate. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sorry. So if <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Paul, I shouldn't drag you into this.
2: <laughs>
9: all right, he's
12: billing you every minute, so yeah. it's fine.
2: <laughs>
12: um, if you've ever played Dread, uh, which is basically a horror game that that uses Jenga, J- the the Jenga tower is basically a tension building mechanic. So every time you do something significant for the plot, you would. Basically play Jenga and remove uh, a block and put it back on top as if you would normally play. Another additional thing in this game is that whenever y- you wanted to say something, was uh, describe the scene or anything like that, there was, you didn't have to pay or do anything. But whenever you actually interacted with the other character, you had to at least have a finger on the Jenga tower. I have to
7: add that that's why our tower fell. <laughs> yeah. They were talking. Uh, and, and the whole thing went to hell because of that.
12: Because of that. And, and no, we were at the very end when we ended up, and I just put the thing at the very top and the thing top. Yeah. It was like, and, and we actually played it out to the very end, so it was really cool. But the, what, and, and in Dread, you die when the, the tower falls, but in this game, you actually succumb to your passion for each other yeah. when the Jenga uh, tower falls. Um, so, but when you generate your character, you generate a reason, uh, a reason why you're attractive. Then you hand your sheet over to the other person and they give you two reasons why you're attractive but you don't know that you are. Mm-hmm. And then you hand the sheet back and then you figure out why can't you be in love with this person? What's barring you from pursuing this romance? Um, and so since I was a pirate captain, I'm like, I'm a fear of a commitment phobe. That's why I can't enter this. And uh, I, what did she have? She, she goes, oh, uh, love is illogical. I do not understand the question. <laughs> 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 um, so, you know, and and it the fact, and then whenever, some, whenever something happened in the plot that we made true that affected the space station in general, we had to tell Tomes, and then Tomes would go over the loudspeaker of the space station and sort of interpret what that happens, what happens with that in the entire space station. And there were three times that every that, that he made an announcement and it fits so well with what we were doing that we just said, that's end scene. That's perfect. <laughs> and uh, so whatever everybody else was doing in the table, very subtly informed what you were doing at your table, even though you weren't generally interacting with the other players.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Thank you very
5: much, Jim. I have, have to add it. one thing about... Uh, oh, yeah. He deserves a
1: yeah. yeah, yeah! All right.
5: And may I say, you look really
2: sexy in that hat, yeah, too, too, Jim. That's Especially the back job, of the right? hat. That's all true.
5: Right, yeah. I, and ducks. I, I just want to add, I think um, that Starcrossed is the most elegant implementation of the thing that is usually the most uncomfortable for people to do in an RPG. And it's the only thing you do in the game. And it's incredibly, uh, just elegantly done. And uh, I think she deserves incredible credit for that. Like, That's it's, awesome. it's incredible. I'd like
7: to add to that because I, this is the thing I don't want to do ever is romance and games. I do not. It's usually a veil, if not a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the person that I was uh, playing this game with was somebody I never met before, never seen before. It was a horribly awkward experience. But once we started following the rules, it, it really fell into place. It nice. worked, and That's uh, awesome. yeah, going cool. to
1: second that. Um, I do want to ask Jason for a second. I know on Friday night you played on stream with us with Tomes running trophy. Oh yeah. So yeah, you were there, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Do oh, you want to talk? Um, trophy hasn't been. We haven't had that run on stream before. So we talk a little bit about that very interesting and cool system.
5: Uh, yeah. So trophy, you um, y- you get like a little like index card worth of character sheet, and you know you're going out into some version of wilderness to uh, reap treasure, right? Uh, but you know you're. Like the conceit of the game is you're not going to make it back, right? You're going to get killed. You're going to go lose your mind. You're like something's going to happen. And
1: so it's like 10 candles or call of where you're like, this isn't going to have a happy ending.
5: Right. And, and I thought, okay, 10 candles, maybe that was lightning in a bottle. I, I don't know if this is going to build the tension, but once again, we found ourselves with this glimmer of hope of like, oh, we can make this work. This is going to work. We're going to do it. And we did not. <laughs> and it was tragic and devastating and fantastic. Like, it, it was just. And I mean, also, you have to give credit to Tomer. In a situation like that, like somebody who can escort you through, uh, like, a tense situation like that, then Tomer's going to.
7: Like, 10 candles where he's, like, your counselor and advisor and helping you through. Uh, he,
5: he was actually. It, he, you. He, he was laying out a little bit more than I think the 10 candles. Ten Candles runner does. In in Trophy, he had a little bit more of a GM role. But it was still, you know, there was a lot of sort of group decision making and, and uh, yeah, I thought it was really well balanced.
1: Uh, can you just do a super brief, like, thing of the mechanics? Like, how does it work? Does it have dice, et cetera?
5: That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it was so engaging, I don't remember. Okay, I remember now. Um, so, you... um you have a number of things that are just, like... You, you get, like, three or four skills, right? This is your skill. It's weapons. Oh, okay. That's your skill. Uh, lore. You know things. Um, and when you want to do something, you can roll one die if you want. There's light dice and dark dice. And roll a light die. If you get four, five, or six, you do it. Four or five is a, you know, weighted success. So, um, I don't know. Is the stage stable? What's happening over there? Fine. All right. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> More alcohol is happening. You're okay. okay. Great. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm just hearing noises. I'm
1: sorry. Diet Coke is happening. What, yeah. is, what is happening?
5: Um, You're shamed,
1: Dave. Shame.
5: Uh, so you, uh, in a not tense situation, you just roll one die and, and see what you get. You could buy a second light die with a... A devil's bargain, which he would you know offer something horrible for us to choose from. Uh, you didn't have to. But then if you were doing something that was tense or you could bend your brain or get hurt, you added a dark die to it. And you, you rolled your light die and your dark die. And if the dark die – like you could get a success with the dark die. But if the dark die is higher than the light die, bad things happen. And um, that built a lot of tension, more than I thought it would. I thought, oh, this is just – couple dice, I know how this works, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that you could roll a die, uh, didn't, it didn't work. I'm going to add a dark die to my pool and roll again. And you could do that as many times as you want. Surprisingly tense. Yeah. And uh, we, we told a really fun, scary story. Someone else is here who played and oh. might have interesting <gasps> things to say. And Yay! remember more than I can.
7: Well, I, I do want to ask real quick about the the mechanics. I'm interested in that. Does, does, does that sort of do the hard move kind of thing when the, when the, when the dark die is too high? Uh,
5: yeah, it's basically like if you fail the roll without a dark die or the dark die is lower than your failed die, then, yeah, you just whiff. And, and something happens, right? It's always, it's always that moving forward narrative. But, yeah, if the dark die is higher, w- fail or, or pass... Uh, bad things happen and it could be an injury, it could be you losing your mind a little bit and you have this ruin track that goes to six and if you roll higher than your ruin, I think yes. yeah, if you roll higher than your ruin ruin goes up so the first few times it definitely goes up and then you get to three, four, five and it, suddenly this you know, tension is yeah
1: nice. I'm so excited to see you, who are you and why
13: are you famous? Uh, my name is Jessica and uh um online heavy every metal Heavy t- Metal t- yes! Yes! Yeah! And uh yeah.
2: <gasps> yeah
13: so I played, there's there's I played,
2: obviously no reason why she's famous. Everybody <laughs> freaks out, right? So
13: And I and I listen to the podcast for a really long time and Dork tells everybody every time he sees my name anywhere. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Stork repeats himself. Stork's just happy you haven't told him to <laughs> 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 off yet. It's fine.
13: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think one of the really cool things about the ruin track, um, we all played it really well. Like Jason was like nothing. He didn't have like any the whole time. But um,
0: <laughs> in your face, Mills.
13: <laughs> <laughs> As we started to get more and more ruin, um, people started to accept the oddity of the world we had created a lot more so um, there was kind of this like Lovecraftian otherworldly dreamscape kind of aspect is that how you would describe it to our game world Um, and as Ruin got higher and higher I I just kind of leaned into it I was like oh yeah I can now totally walk through walls it's no big deal or I'll hit somebody in the face with a wall that's also fine um (laughs) and it just it i don't know it just worked really well in building the tension because once you start getting in that three and four range for ruin and you know that the world is going to start taking over a little bit of your agency you're like screw that i'm not anymore any more dice to this pool i'll fail it's fine i'm good with that
1: Nice. awesome very cool anything else you guys want to say about that particular game I was excited. I've I, I, I wanted to play Trophy for like a while now, and I just keep like missing just slightly Tomes running it. It's a bummer. I, I would say
5: um, it, it was a really good example of seeing a, a group of people combine thoughts and, and, and build a world together. Uh, it, it'd be, it's worth going back and, and listening to the recording because it, it was uh, just a really cool example of uh, Tomes setting something up just, just lobbing it, and then everyone at the table taking their turn to spike it, and nice. just like, it, it, it was really cool to watch. I, I want to go back and listen to it just because, like, not anything I did. It was just rad to be in the room.
1: Nice, that's awesome, very cool.
13: I think everybody played off of each other really well. Um, nobody ever kind of was like, "Oh, your your stupid thing is lame." Um, we did end up, <laughs> <laughs> we did end up with some shoes that we had to x card some shoes, but yeah. uh, other than that. Um, Wait.
2: That's why you have X-Cards. No. Shoes. Oh, yeah. oh, no. Do not ask. Yeah. Do not ask It was X-Carded. Do not ask. You
13: can watch the stream and see why the shoes had to get X-Carded.
2: <laughs> I'm really fascinated by it. It sounds like trophy fits in this thing. A game that starts with the premise that you will fail by yeah. the end. Like fiasco, ten candles, right? That idea because I... Any of those games I played in, I feel like it just completely frees me as a player to be like, "Oh, whatever I'm going to do is just to the service of the story because it doesn't matter yeah. in the end." Like, I want to try to have something good, but like, there was a game we tried to record a few years ago that then we had a problem with the recording. But we did a, a fiasco game, and I played a character who was who was lame, and Stork's character was basically the snake oil salesman who was getting everything I owned because he was going to cure me so, and it was very evident by that the end of that my my tale is going to end with him killing me somewhere because of information i had and i was like that is going to be the coolest story ever but but i was bought in from minute one that this is going to end horribly and that's going to be an amazing story
5: do you feel
3: that way about uh, call of cthulhu
2: I do. I do feel about like Call of Cthulhu. Like I like I want it, but I want to fight the madness. But the fact that I know it's probably just going to lead there at some point. What about paranoia?
1: Well, Call of Oh, would...
2: paranoia is the best because yeah. it's, because well, paranoia has the safety valve of clones, right? So you are like, fuck it. I am going to do it. I am going to try really hard with friend computer, right? But I know that if if I stray outside of whatever it is friend computer wants me to be doing. Like, my game is not over. I've just, like, turned a page in that. It's almost like um, Darkest Dungeon, if you ever played that video game, where it's like... that That, for me, took a a while of playing that game to realize, oh, my characters are actually just my economy. Right? Like, I'm going to get attached to them... But they're gonna go insane and they're gonna die. And then that just furthers the story. So like I just I'm very fascinated by by games that take that into account as part of their mechanics. Yeah,
1: I think Call of Cthulhu's design have a slower burn on that too.
2: Yeah, it takes it, you a lot longer
1: to get yeah. there. The right? slower
7: the burn the better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, all right. I think that's Friday. So now on to Saturday morning. Phil ran a game. would you run? And uh, give us a small sh-
2: summary of it. It's a small summary. Um, so uh, when we were deciding who, who was going to run what, um, I knew I wanted to run sci-fi because I love running sci-fi. Um, but what? I made the conscious decision not to run Star Wars. I always run a Star Wars thing. And then I noticed everybody else was running a Star Wars thing. I was like, oh, my God. Why did I decide? But I wanted to run Traveler because I love Traveler. I think the Mongoose version uh, is great. Uh, and 2.0 is a really nice version of it. So I ran that, and I ran it in more of a uh, not the actual traveler tr- timeline, but something more akin to that. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, amount of prep I did is actually on my phone <laughs> in <laughs> Word. I showed Jason; it barely scrolls yeah. past the thing. Mm-hmm. It's literally like I don't know, like con con traveler game. It's like here's the name of the transport. Here's a little bit of the thing. Just um, on the plane. Uh, I did do it on the flight over. Yes, and I did what the about plane. the game? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I I joined the Mialheim Game Developer Club. It was awesome in the plane. Um, and basically, what the idea that I had um, is one of the things that uh, Elspeth and I are working on. Um, with uh, with with our upcoming creative company, Dave uh, is is to do uh, we, creative company Dave. Yeah, Dave. It's, uh, <laughs> right, and because every everybody knows that name, so like I'll shut the fuck up, Dave. So like I'll oh, right, they know that name. Is is this idea of whenever you're running a game or you're at a con um, or you're uh, you need NPCs or you're like you need a thing like. Having these this idea of like prepackaged characters, right? So we're like writing, basically writing all these travelers characters that come in like sets of six that all have similar backgrounds and types of thing. And so I've been doing a ton of character gen, um, which I also just love to do. And so the idea was I want to have a very short character gen session to hopefully show like how traveler character gen works because it's simple but it's nuanced. It's got a lot of little fiddly bits in it. Um, and one of the parts of character gen that gets uh, Commonly overlooked in traveler, I think, is pre career education. Okay. So either going to university or military academy. So the uh, whole idea for the game was um, let's roll up your let's do your basic stats, all your basic characteristics, um, your your initial skills, and then you are either going to try to go into university or military academy. So everybody did that. I had three players. One of them successfully got into military academy. The other two tried and failed. Um, one of them went into the draft. And got drafted by a different branch of the military, which was hilarious because they went. They got drafted by the Navy, which um, all of their skills, basically re, all their to go through their career paths, require intelligence. And his intelligence was a two,
4: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs>
2: yeah, out of two to twelve, yes. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. He it was great. Uh, it was it was Tim uh, Cox who rolled that, and his he had an eleven strength and a two intelligence and a two soch. It was awesome. Um, and I offered the group the house rule of if you want everybody can have three bennies to use to change die rolls, and they were like, "No, no we 're not going to do it and then they all apologized to Tim afterwards we're really sorry we, we probably should have done that because um, <laughs> Boy, he was strong, but like st- stupid as a stone, except that insults stones. He's like really Aww. dumb. Uh, but it was great. Uh, great for the character and the, and the concept. Um, so it was really interesting. By the end, they went through one term of that, so they got to 22 years old, and then my premise for the game was uh, one of the things in Traveler that happens a lot is when you're going through character gen, you'll have, like, an event that happens. And there are always things like, while on a mission, um, you know, your ship is shot down, and then you make rolls and kind of things, right? So it's like, oh, I want to make a scenario that is basically a thing that would be like that. So they were all, um, even though they, they had, uh, and so it had to be very fluid and have a lot of modular parts, um, which is why I had, like, an absolute minimum of prep. I just knew what the outline was to get there. They were all on a transport going from Terra to uh, basically a combined armed forces deployment center. And um, everything that happened in the games, the um, alien race that Earth is at war against, what was happening there, thing was all generated out of the... Very brief character gen we did because so We had one basically four year phase Right one round of it um, And it was awesome and it's the thing that um, I love the most about Traveler And was that with just Doing basically an hour's Worth of character gen because about how long it took That not only set up what we did for the rest of the game But it was like all, I've got a whole campaign's worth of stuff Here to do um, And the thing that, that I like to do And I've done with Grim a bunch um, Is have characters and then run them Okay, like a little franchising and doing that. So by the time we got to the end of the scenario, we were at a point where it was like, oh, wow, this is like a fully fleshed out group that now has a reason you're all together. So welcome to my next franchise of stuff that I'll run. I'm just going to like write these characters up, and they're my pre gens moving on forward. Um, but it was really cool. So it was, I think it worked really well to keep it, to keep it really open, and then go wherever the characters took me.
1: Nice. Uh, had any of your players played Traveller before? Uh, I had Gina and
2: Tim and Oscar. Like mm-hmm. um, you all know who that is because they've been on tons of shows and stuff. Um, I, I, th- I think yeah, Gina had Gina at mm-hmm. least had Lisa done character gen. Um, I, I don't. Uh, it was funny. Oscar had, but I don't think he's played since maybe the mid '80s. <laughs> right. Um, and we came to the amazing realization during. Uh, we're playing. That um, 1977 is actually when Traveller um, was first published, oh. and it's a like fine year, a
3: fine, fine year, year.
2: Star Wars. That's Star the year Star Wars, Wars and the
7: year that Christopher Gray was born.
2: That's right. Every every great thing. Every great thing. <laughs> Oh, and Jason. Alright, so except for one thing, all great things in seventy it was something else, not you, Jason. Like, yeah. There's some other bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I
3: heard so my wife now. admonish yeah. me with a whisper
2: from the audience and they immediately <laughs> went, What the hell? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so that was actually like it, it was it was it was really cool. Um, definitely I don't think Tim had ever played, and there are people that definitely hadn't played in quite a long time. Um, but that system is so simple, right? It's two dice. Once you get into the mechanics of the die rolls, target number, two dice, modifiers, it's really easy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what's one thing you learned running it? Uh,
2: I, it's I think the thing that uh, I maybe relearned because uh, I've done so much trailer, but is is the power of putting agency of world generation into your players' hands. Putting like, yeah, putting the agency into their hand. Yeah, it's not taking away from them. but no, I'm
5: saying pudding agency. Pudding.
2: Pudding. What did I say? Butterscotch. Like, like yeah, like the Ds? Yeah, yeah, pudding. Pudding. Yeah, like a dessert. A delicious dessert. is very to choose. important. Uh, pudding. putting the agency into their hands. Uh, bec- because we, I, had, I had no concept other than there was some conflict. And in my mind, originally, their transport was going to get shot down. And that was going to be like the tension and the last part of the game would be them struggling to survive. That's not what we ended up doing. But the thing that came out of that was like the entire race they were at war with, why they were. They decided that they were a lower tech level. So that became this, actually by the end of the game, this really interesting um, like ethical decision they had to come to. They're like, wow, we're tech level 12, which means like interstellar space flight and everything. They're tech level eight, which is basically like Earth today. And it's like, we're going in there with like a whole like colonization and guns mentality. Is that okay? <laughs> right? And so they in in looking at that and questioning the ethics of that is when they like we, we built that as the world as we're going through and they had to make the decision, are we gonna be okay with that? And they decided not to be okay with it. And actually devised a way to completely sabotage the mission that they were being forced into. To then now basically like no, we're going to support this other, this other race that basically like our the military we've been a part of is against. Um, so it was really fascinating, and that was all them, right? There's there great portions of it. I was along for the ride, and I think that's a lot of systems do that. It's one of the things I love about Traveler is it really enables you as a GM to just take what the players are giving you and start just funneling it into the world that you're all building together.
1: That's fantastic. I, who are oh, one who, who are you, and why are you up here? And why are you famous? Uh,
9: I am Weasel Creature. I am famous for my monkey joke. But I am up here specifically. <laughs> oh, my monkey. Because I, I know the joke. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm here specifically for Traveler at a Con. And as someone inspired by your Star Wars mod, um, I am currently playtesting my own little Traveler, much lesser mod than what you fucking did. That was crazy. <laughs> Um, but as far as Traveler to Con goes and character generation goes, um, I was taking Declan out to pee. He's eight. Don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, so it sounded like your character generation was, was somewhat limited. Um, currently, what I was thinking of, of doing was, was like a, a three term limit of character gen and then making up a game depending on what they came up with. How is that? Is that relatively feasible, or was your more limited character gen a little more applicable for a con game? Yeah,
2: so having tried this before, specifically with the Star Wars Traveler version, um, where I was like, it's great. We'll roll up characters, and then with the time left, we will have an adventure. And we got to hour three, and everybody was like, oh, this is way too much fun. Screw your adventure. Let's finish writing our characters, Um, which was amazing. Um, the best of which was that that Kurt was writing. He took the entertainer path, and so he made a jizz whaler because jizz, jizz. jizz, yeah, because yeah. hilarity. Kurt and, and jizz, yeah. right? Kurt, and, the, and it was great because at the end of every at the end of every four years, he then would come up with the name of his album that his character released to encapsulate that four years that were all, of course, like you know, horrible jizz puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm glad some, yeah. So the anyway, white album. Yeah, the white album was the best <laughs> yeah. one, um, but. So what we found is that be- because the character... Was there
1: the It Smells Like Bleach album? It smells
2: like... Ble- yeah, it smells like... Instead of Teen Spirit, yeah. It smells like Teen Sock Drawer. Um, it... Uh- uh, so the – but the what? thing I found is that, like, because the, the – uh, the, uh, I'll explain to you later, Dave. The, uh, the character generation, like, is really engaging, right? And yes. basically you it's can get awesome. to the point where it's you're awesome. like, wow, that was super fun. We actually never did anything. So this time, trying to learn from the one I did before, I was like, I'm going to have a very limited amount of time. And because I've been doing a ton of character gen, I figured with up to four players, like three to four players – it will take about an hour to go through character gen like the initial generation and then one term. And it one took about term. and it took fifty-eight oh. minutes to do one, one term. term. Yeah. Because you're doing That's initial character. Initial character stats. You're doing your your initial um, you know what you're right. based off your education thing, and then you go through one term. And I'm kind of and now, granted, I tried to also, for hopefully the benefit of people watching that have never played Traveler, I was explaining a lot as to why we're doing that and trying to as hard as I could to get it right, if you will. Um, but it still took about an hour because people, because we're, you're building the world at the same time, right? Right. So I would say if you did three, you might end up, depending on how many players you have, where you're like, oh, okay, well, we've got about an hour to do an adventure, which is tough to cram stuff into, right? Yeah. So. You know, me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you could, you know, um, it it might be a little less than that. But I find that the 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 longer you go on, unless the players are getting faster and faster as they go through, um, it might speed up a bit. But one of the things that I also find in in, in character gen is that the more you go, the more world building that's happening. The more players are finding connections between each other, right? So it actually doesn't necessarily get faster. Gotcha. Right with people around the table. So you might you might want gotcha. to make it two terms, right? It's also the thing I found really interesting that I'd never done before is it also meant after one term. The characters weren't very good at stuff. <laughs> right? So does that matter? I I think during the entire game, which I did not scrimp on die rolls, there was one success and they failed every other die roll, which was awesome. Because suddenly it was, like, the best laid plans were just, like, oh. And I would say, you're going to, like, one of the said, we're going to try to send this covert message to let them know that we're going to help them, right, the, the resistance. I'm like, great. I want a comms role to make sure that it, like, and I said, like, the message will get through. The comms role is going to be to obfuscate who's sending it where it came from. I want there to be a streetwise role to try to get it to the right person, right, and then I want there to be a tactics role to help them understand how you're going to help them. Your message will get through, but these things will give you a better chance of success. And everybody failed. So it was awesome. It's like, all, your message got through, and the message they received in return was like... I and like they, ice cream. They, yeah, like they were like... Okay, because they'd made it sound like, oh, we're attending a, a surprise party, right? And they were like, oh, we didn't know more people were coming. We'll see if there's seats at the table. And they're like, I don't know if that means they understood it or not. <laughs> Shit, right? Um, so it was really great. So that, that led, those failures then led them to come up with a different what they did on the ship solution than they would have if they would have succeeded in those roles. So And that's actually, I will say, something that um, I... That concept I stole from Jason listening to um, Demigod's things where you've said, look, you're going to make a role. This role is not determining whether you're successful or not. It's just determining the flavor of what goes on with it, right? And I was like, and I've and I've never done that in a Traveler game. I'm like, oh, you try it. Oh, I failed. Okay, well, it didn't work. And I'm like, well, that really sucks, right? Um, I'd rather have it succeed at a cost or so. I think it's a, a neat thing, too, about – Listening to and playing a lot of different styles of games is you can pull in things from like these different uh, like PBTA games or different uh, different systems and go like oh I really like the concept of that mechanic how do I use that in my game so yeah don't do three terms you'll never get through you'll never play the game
1: awesome thank you so much very cool and I already asked you none right of my about players that.
5: are here so that's okay move No worries. On. I have to add I've I've always admired the traveler sort of like uh, background generation system and making your character. I always really love that. I've always wished there was like a plug-and-play game prep system that you could take to any game system and like collaboratively build your world together and like your character relationships. And a, That's not a thing. Is there? Yeah. What, what do you think of?
7: I'm thinking of Decima by... Golden Lasso Games.
5: Oh, I haven't heard of that.
7: Yeah, you use a tarot uh, deck in order to create the not only the world but the relationships between the characters before you even start chucking the dice. This works for Savage Worlds Fifth Edition or powered by the Apocalypse Games.
1: Even Dungeons and Dragons.
7: Especially Dungeons and Dragons. I've actually used it for Dungeons and Dragons. Yep.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That's nice. I'm going to keep all the audio. You sign waivers, so I'm going to use it later. <laughs> But thank you, yeah. GoldenLessetGames.com. Anyway, uh, (laughs) other morning Saturday games. I did one. Yay, tell us about it.
7: (laughs) Um, I did uh, The Great American Novel by Christopher Gray.
1: I've never heard of it. (laughs) It's
7: a a little thing (laughs) that I was working on. Um, This time I did it raw, uh, which means that I go by the rules as
2: written. I thought you were going to say naked, but that's uh, great. uh, (laughs) I did it raw, baby. Holy shit, I never thought of that. Welcome to my great American novel. I've been working on it for. A that while. would actually
7: up the ratings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's strip game.
7: That's a great <laughs> idea. I I, I completely. So, oh, anyway. Um. So bra <laughs> means rules is written. Bill and oh, uh, the okay fine <laughs> the uh, the uh, the conceit of the game is that you're actually doing a game that is the Great American Novel. So that is an Americano game that is. Uh, uh, literary that has realistic themes um, and, and it was uh, It was in games on demand So uh, that was sort of A, a, a way to play uh, You know without having to put the marketing on it Which is why I do things like Jaws to uh, get people excited about playing a game about a novel. So uh, this, uh, this particular session, we ended up in the Great Depression, and we were playing um, uh, uh, a gang of bootleggers that were trying to go from New Mexico to Louisiana to bury their boss who was killed in a shootout. And hilarity ensued. Actually, no, it was actually pretty serious for yeah, for it me. Really yeah. Every
2: game is better when hilarity
7: ensues, though. Um, <laughs> I, and I think that... Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah uh, uh, Kadaev was in that game mm-hmm. uh, He wasn't in Jaws though
8: I was not I got close but I missed it. missed the mark uh, n- n- So I really loved The way we started that game Where we sat down at a table None of us had any damn idea What even genre we were going to play He Chris tell, And this is I'm assuming in the actual rules Yeah as soon as I get my fulfillment, I will know. But uh, you have the wow, pay it. no, I mean, it, <laughs> That wasn't. It wasn't a thing. It's. I'm just excited, and it's coming, and I'm gonna read it when it arrives. Uh, <laughs> that's a thing. That's how that works. When you order something, and it's gonna show up at your house, you have to wait until. It shows so it's awesome to sit yes.
2: next door to your public. Like, <laughs> it's the
8: best. So that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> I'll read your game. I don't read his. <laughs> oh, uh, for the man. record, he's pointing at Dave seventy-seven. He apparently hid something secret in Bedlam Hall, and I haven't found uh-huh. it yet. Uh-huh. but I have to really sit down. Fun? There. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about you, sucker. <laughs> That's right. No, anyway. Oh God, the Daves uh, has started so a war. So I don't know if that, like, the method you did is in the rules. I, I ran
7: rules was written, so yeah, okay, it was yeah. pretty strict. Oh,
8: yeah. Okay. So Actually,
5: I, can, I can tell the secret right
8: now. Oh.
3: Yeah, so honestly, if if I actually signed your book for Bedlam Hall, if I autographed it, uh, yeah, you have a secret message in there
2: that you can find. Holy shit.
1: That's not telling us the secret. That's just telling us no, there is a gotta secret. you just got to find it. That's
2: letting you know if there's a secret. If you look at and the, the first letter on this for like of year, every uh, sentence on like the opening and page, and it says, that there. There. And, Yeah, is, I haven't told you. He was drunk when he wrote it, but still, <laughs> it's there. Did you buy... Bedlam Hall, Bill? Fuck no. Oh. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. No, I actually, t- I, I, I might have. I sure. thought we were talking about the great American novel. Alright. We, we were. We're back. We're back. No. <laughs> so We were. So, <laughs> but but shockingly, Kazay hijacked a conversation.
8: That was my fault. That was my fault. I called him out. What's
1: in your yeah. pocket, Dave? Oh! Ow. That's a bird.
5: Kind of. There's a bird in the room. No, uh, my seventh grade uh, self so, is hurt.
1: So back so. to the Great American Novel.
8: <laughs> the thing that I really loved was, we sat down to play the game, and none of us had any idea we was going We didn't know it was gonna be a Great Depression game. We didn't know there was gonna be a dead guy. We didn't know anything about what we were gonna do until Chris had us. Each player wrote down three things they might like to see in the game, like either thematically or an event or something happen. Did you rest? So people wrote down all kinds of things, and then we all got to put a check mark next to any idea we thought was a good idea, like something we thought was cool.
2: Is that just for mechanically like, Is that was that your ideas, or like all the ideas came out and people check marked? All the ideas, all ideas came out. Oh, very cool. Everybody okay, got yeah, to yeah. check
7: mark, and there's always a bell curve. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like right. Sure. Right. So it's, like, uh, it's
2: like when you're doing like, uh, like like creative brainstorming, right? People go up and like, I love exactly. this. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah.
8: So uh, then we ended up with the Great Depression and murder as were the, the, the starting points for the game, and then we're like. We talked about it a while, and we ended up making characters around this idea, and then yeah, we ended up like it was a tragedy. Like it was this family gang falling apart after the the uh, uh, Depression. boss patriarch had hmm. died. Thank you, thank you. I don't know. Oh, uh,
1: I, <laughs> blanket of thanks.
8: Uh, but, I love
1: con games like that because it's almost like like it's easy to fall into the the funny. But like we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the romance, like like actual serious drama and like loss and, and like lo- love feelings are hard to get in a con game.
7: Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to ask what I learned. I learned something significant on this one. Um, there's a point in the game where you are following the hero's journey and a move moves you into uh, the uh, confronting the ordeal. And I've run this game a lot. And I always have a good idea what that is. And it's never what you think it is when you go into the game. Um, But this game, I was was really at a loss. In fact, I openly said at the table, I don't really know what the ordeal is. I do not believe that it's them being chased by the law. Because that, of course, is what the setting is. They're obviously chased by the law. Uh, the Texas Rangers, as a matter of fact, which got a dynamite <laughs> under them. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, right. it, it, anyway, I, I, and I knew that wasn't it because it wasn't strong enough and it wasn't literary enough. And, and it was—it it organically came out of the decisions of the players. And I, I think that was a really wonderful moment when I said, oh, the ordeal is the schism between the two different parties in this gang that have a completely different idea of how things should turn out mm. now that they don't have a patriarch. And that was what That was the hill everybody died on, literally. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. that's fantastic.
8: I mean, the the, I ended up making a slightly psychotic, slightly
1: what? Like literally, (laughs) like the best
8: way I could describe him would be sociopathic. Maybe Great Depression, murder hobo. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, well, hobo,
2: sure,
1: not no. And why?
8: Why do they call it
2: the Great Depression? It fucking sucked. Why? Why is it? It wasn't great. It was the pretty crappy depression. uh, Great
1: great as in big. Basically, he ended up sort of joining this gang
8: because it was the first place that he could be a person. person. Like It was the first place he felt comfortable. And he kind of followed a girl that he liked a lot into the gang, but it was never a relationship. And the game ended for me. like I finally got up the courage to walk across and say something to her. And then I got shot in the back of the head, and and his brains, oh, his yep.
7: brains and guts were all over her. Like that was yeah. the ending of the
8: game for me. <laughs> and it, spoilers. spoilers, and it was it was fantastic. Like I was like I
1: I only the breakfast. That's a great yeah. fucking ending, right? That's amazing. Uh, some like, of the
7: uh, some of the engineering behind the game is that well, a lot of the engineering because it was the original design goal of the game is you have a complete story when you're over. I love Fiasco, I love some of these story games But some of them end incomplete You don't know what happens to you, your characters This game, you know, everything's tied up That's yeah. awesome,
1: that's very cool And it, it's epic, because now I wasn't even in that game And I will always remember how that game ended for you, Dave Because <laughs> that's that been an amazing awesome. ending I
2: know, I, I, it's been, I've always wanted to tell you that I <laughs> Oh, shit! That's
7: not
8: good!
1: Bloodstains are so hard to get out of linen, I'm just telling you
7: He did sort of deserve it, though uh,
8: yeah <laughs> Oh, no, uh, I mean, like, it wasn't a shock that somebody would want to <laughs> shoot me in the head. It was just, oh, well, all right. And, and that's what, like, as soon as he, like, you get currency in the game that you can spend to assume total narrative control. Mm-hmm. So it's not just narrative control over what's happening to your character. And that actually, Chris, at the beginning of the game, brought that up. Like, this is a common problem I see. A lot of people are used to taking narrative control about the stuff around their character. But, no, you suddenly become the master of the whole game world. Like, you can narrate NPCs doing stuff. You're, like, completely unrelated. Like, across town, an old lady walks out of a bank with a, you know, a big wad of cash. Like, that might not even come back into the game, but it's happening now because you said so. Like, and after, like, we got better at that, it became a thing, and one of the other players spent his coin to have gone into a house and gotten a shotgun because I had killed his dad. Uh, and I didn't even know it was his dad at the time it was just it was a whole confusing tragedy thing but uh, then he just quietly came out of the house with the shotgun and walked up behind me and that's, that's good night and it was great it was super awesome so I have a question for Chris so you've run this a couple times
7: once or twice once a twice lot.
2: do you do you find that as as players understand what the concept of the game is right and by that that they that they build up, and all you said that that trust between each other as players—that takes a lot of trust. So I feel like, oh, yep, I understand the part of this game is like I am, someone is taking complete narrative control, right? So yeah. the two things like one, do you, do you find that people build that up over the course of play, and then two, do you prep them ahead of time for the fact like that means your character could get whacked.
7: Well, there are safety nets in the game. The game has a lot of safety tools, uh, chief of which is you cannot control another character. So there's, uh, even on the smallest moves, there's a lot of PvP, as we would call it, uh, but it's not really because we're dealing with conflict and and Mm -hmm. character interactions. So if me being mad at you is PvP, then Mm -hmm. it's PvP. Uh, But what it means is that you you get incentivized for going along with somebody if they win. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. have to. Okay. You never have to die. It's entirely your choice, and the game is called completing your character. You can do that. You can rise to a heroic end, or you can fall to a tragic fate. And there's a metric that tracks that. Hmm. Um, but you you get to decide that. So yeah, yeah. I knew that somebody was going to shoot him.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: It was up to him if that if that happened. So there was narrative control, not of him, but of the scenario. I have the shotgun. I'm doing it. And by the way, uh, is it okay? Yeah, and there's yeah, a, there's was, a lot of consent. You was never was 100% lose control.
8: My choice to die at that moment, like it was not. Uh, oh, well, that guy said he killed me, so I guess I'm dead. Well, fuck <laughs> this game. I'm out. This game sucks. Like, well, I don't even have hit points. This is some bullshit. <laughs>
6: like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this character
8: arc? Right, because I, I I find
2: that is an interesting. Like a really interesting and powerful choice for characters to make. Dave ran a Savage Rifts game, and I had a character that I was trying some really weird experimental playing while engaging the chat room yes. with, because mm-hmm. I ran a crazy, and it was like, hey, everybody in the chat room, uh, you're all the voices in my head, right? But it, But there was one point in the story where it would have made perfect sense for my character to sacrifice himself to save another character. And the thing I found really interesting was Dave was like, oh, well, you know, this is Savage Rifts, and everybody's got a lot of hit points, and you probably don't really need to do it, because people are going to probably survive. I'm like, oh, no, I think my character should die now, right? So I, I love games that give players the opportunity to say, you know what? this is the right thing for my character to do. It's, it's
7: engineered. You, yeah. you are creating a story together. And so what, what happens in this case is that I, I, I uh, can and will do this for the sake of the story. And the beautiful part is that your character can die in chapter one if you want. All mm-hmm. that happens is now you're part of the GM <laughs> committee and we're all running the game together. Right. Because it's not about characters. It's about the characters' interactions with each other and the story that creates. Mm-hmm.
1: Very nice. I love that discussion. I'm impressed. I love
4: Sexy.
7: you all Sexy. Right. We haven't had enough to drink. No. We'll get started. Right. That's it's so okay. true. I've, I've
1: been making up for it. So. No. No. Not Have so some. <laughs> <laughs> try
7: what the that wine. Bottle's so
2: empty. <laughs> like, I just who <laughs> Did, drank that? Because because hey, hey, you're like, you're like in, in fucking a Clockwork Orange. You're like, I'll oh, try the wine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, oh no! Oh, I'm, oh, I all right, um, wine. Is that is that it for Saturday morning games? People running Saturday morning. Yes.
5: Yeah.
1: All right, let's move on to Saturday afternoon games. Oh, cool.
5: I did that as well. Okay,
1: no, go ahead. We have many of them. Cadave.
5: Uh,
1: oh. I'm number one. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. Who I'm works on.
8: for number two? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the very quick version of the story of my gaming today was. Uh, Free League, Free and Games uh, from Sweden, publishers of Tales from the Loop and Mutant Year Zero and several other awesome games. Um, they announced just recently that uh, they are going to be putting out an alien universe. Oh, alien, so aliens. Good. Yeah. Xenomorphs, that whole jazz. Colonial Marines. They're putting out an RPG based on that with their Year Zero engine. And this morning at 6 a.m. They said they were going to open up pre-orders. And when you pre-ordered it, you would get a PDF of a sample that you could play. And people could run it and give feedback and that kind of stuff about it. And I was super jazzed about this. I was like, I love the Alien Universe. I want to make that a thing. So my alarm went off this morning at (laughs) 5.55. And I rolled over, and one eye plastered shut from drinking last night. (laughs) I entered my credit card information on a website that hopefully was right. Um, (laughs) Yes, excellent. Thank you for your credit card. Mm. um, And then I got an email from them saying, thanks so much for pre-ordering. This is great. You're going to get your link to the PDF in the next couple days. And I went, oh, I wanted it right now. And why did you want it right now, Dave? Because I made the plan of I was going to get an RPG and I was going to run it at Games on Demand at 2 <laughs> o'clock. So I had eight hours to get my shit together. Um, and then when that email came through, I was just a- a- adrift. I, I, I had not, like literally, no, like I, I went down and I met Bill for breakfast a little while later and he's like, well, what's you, wrong, Dave? You well, look adrift. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like a whole reenactment thing. It is. It's like Unsolved Mysteries now. <laughs> and I, I, Robert Stack's going to walk in. It's going to be real scary. I'll be the waitress.
1: Wait. Can I take your order? Come on. <laughs> no,
2: please, not, please. We're talking I'm about why my friends adrift, waitress. I'm, just, I'm sorry. i like, more, I'd more I'd coffee, though. i like
1: to charge you $40 for eggs. So. Oh, that's excellent.
2: Are they extra runny? <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Perfect.
2: I'll take them. That's exactly what too I wanted. Too real. Welcome too to, real. to the Hilton. So, uh... Got real. So, uh, Is the bar open yet? <laughs>
1: No, the My bar friend
2: Stork needs to know.
1: <laughs> the bar doesn't open till 5 p.m. What the hell?
8: Uh, so, uh, Bill then looked at me and he's like,
1: we're not "Well, what's wrong with
8: you? If you want to run a game, you have a tablet and all the PDFs ever. <laughs> Just run something, dude." And I went I got real whiny about You it. did. I, you I, were I like, got like I didn't really get this I don't one really, game and it was I, new and yeah, I didn't to run it. Yeah. I I like, I don't have any good ideas. I don't what I run. <laughs> and I was like, man up boy, yeah. run a game. Yeah. So then I that was in the back of my head, and then I went and I played this 9 a.m. uh great American novel game. And by Christopher Gray. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like fucking Beetlejuice, right? Uh, like uh, Great American Game by Christopher Gray. <laughs> just pops it.
5: Stop saying uh, it. <laughs>
8: And then just before we start that game, Chris looks at me and goes, well, if it's the Year Zero thing, like, it's the same basic mechanics with Tales from the Loop. Like, just use that mechanic and run a game in the Alien universe, dude. And I was like, oh, all right. (laughs) And then I started in my head while we were playing that game, I'm running through, like, how will I convert these templates for children into colonial marines? <laughs> like, <laughs> Dave, Dave's, like, right. Dave's
2: like super engaged. I know I'm playing your game, but I'm planning my game oh, in yeah. the background. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: That's, I how was I'm
8: 100%, get th- that's why it was easy to be a psychotic, because I was like, oh, it's my turn? I kill
1: that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm gonna get through the last 12 days of school.
8: Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Dave, one of the other players like to shoot player in the, shoot your character in the back of the head.
1: Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm
8: writing characters. Yes! <laughs> I need to die right now so I have time to plan! <laughs> uh, but then, then, halfway through the game, I came to this like dawning epiphany moment of, oh no, I don't want to make Colonial Marines. I'm going to use Tales from the Loop and have everybody make children and play on LV-426, the colony from Aliens, right before shit hits the fan. So it's the immediately before the colony all dies. <laughs> yeah. So and Dave's like, oh, hi, by the way, I've drawn the biggest X card possible. You're all kids in mortal danger. Ah! We learned about
4: the shark. We learned about the shark.
8: Right. So, uh, so I sat down and I sort of planned it and I ran up to the business center and I printed out character sheets. And then I was as ready as I'd ever be. And I was super terrified going into this game of really two things. The first being... Uh, a little bit about what you were talking about before Of if you're playing in a game When you know everyone here is going to die what, Like how is that going to affect the story And it might go great or it might go very badly People are like well it doesn't matter what we
1: do Well especially when you're, they're playing kids
8: Exactly uh, And then the other thing I was just deathly afraid of Was getting the tone right For being horrifying for kids and not have it be four hours of Xenomorphs murdering children, <laughs> like that's not what the game anybody wants no. to play. So, well, no, there's somebody <laughs> out there. <laughs> I people out there like, well, I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me, actually. So, so I decided that's to go so with. Hair. <laughs> nope.
9: <laughs> One time.
8: So I decided to go with the the Jaws idea of. I don't want to let these kids ever actually meet the Xenomorph. I want them to see what it's doing and see what's happening and get as close as possible without being in the room with it. Like Santa? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just like Santa Claus. Yeah, yes. it's basically the same. Yeah. Sure.
2: <laughs> ho, <You> better, <laughs> ho, ho. You better watch out. Don't you better not that. cry. Yeah. Don't you fucking pout, and I'll tell you why.
7: Well, I do have a technical question for you, because in Tales from the Loop, the kids can't die. They can take on conditions, and the worst one is broken, but they can heal from that. So how did you handle that?
8: Uh, I, we never got that far into conditions, actually, uh, but my plan was if somebody got to broken, they would get dragged off to the nest. Uh. Like, it would be like, they're not dead yet, but now they're encased in horrible goo and waiting to die. Wait, why
3: am I laughing? I'm sorry.
8: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you're fucked up. I
8: know. Uh, so we never got that far. And in fact, I also, like, at the beginning of the game, I made a little bit of a timing error. Like, when I've run Tales from the Loop at cons, I've supplied pre-gen characters. So I already knew all the relationships between every character, and I knew who did what and who had what, all the character details. Um, but this time, since I didn't have time to actually do that, I we just did Character Gen Live, and it took about an hour. Um, so it ate up about an hour of that four-hour game slot, and um, then I started the game, and after about 30 minutes, I was like, oh, no, I got to speed this shit up, like... I don't have that extra hour to sort of slowly build the tension of what's going on, but... I so, can... you, so
2: you went to write to season eight of Game of Thrones,
8: then? Like,
2: <laughs> like, I don't really have the time to build the drag tension. I'm just going to write some shit. Yeah. Wow. Great. Wow. Good. Get it right. Yeah. yeah. But, um... <laughs>
8: <laughs> Not to throw a controversial topic into the room, but go ahead. <laughs> anyway. Nah. I don't care anymore. It's over. <laughs> so, uh... <coughs> Excuse me. Um... So we started the game and one of the characters in his relationship web had decided that his dad had been missing for a few months. Uh and I thought, well yeah, on a planet where people are going out and surveying and looking for a big find to make money for their family, like he went on an unauthorized trip out there to science search for a big score of mineral rights. Uh but he was the first guy that found the eggs. Uh so we got to the point where I had a medevac arrive guy encased with a face hugger on his head and it was this guy's dad. And so the kids were like, what do I do about that? And I've got a couple players here and I'd like them to talk about their experience at the table, but I had a super blast doing this. Like I, like I said, I walked in with a little bit of terror and then I ended up, Having a great time So that's really the best Situation you can ask for
1: And as someone who's Run a campaign In um, Tales from the Loop How did you think It translated to a much Darker Because there's a little bit Of darkness In Tales from the Loop But not
8: This level Yeah not That kind of Yeah Um, I really liked it Like I liked Seeing how scary We could get Without having it be Kids getting murdered Like that There's a line there That I didn't want to get to But how close can we get to that level of terror? Like, oh, well, yeah, you see all of the wreckage of this xenomorph tearing some shit up. Like, people are getting eaten, and you're watching it on a security cam. You had kids dragged to the nest. No, we didn't get that far. That didn't actually happen.
7: That was hypothetical.
11: So I'm going to disagree. This is Aaron again. Uh, Still not famous.
2: You are now. famous. But... I also want to say that I love the back of your head too, Aaron. Just to let you know, there's a lot of good back of the head going on here. I
11: redid. I redid my ponytail. I I I will also. Yeah, that's good. Who did
5: the ponytail for you? I did. You did? I redid. Wow, for you? you. For me? Thank you. I appreciate it. If if you're just listening along, folks who come up to chat with us sit in front of us. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like I'm creepily intentionally behind people. Yeah, it's just the way things are staged this this time. It's it's like twenty percent that. Right. But 80%, they're sitting lower and in front of us. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so yes.
8: The, go on. <laughs> uh, That's a good voice. The other thing I w- want to say really fast is I was very excited to have two first-time con visitor listeners Ooh. that got to play in this game. And yeah. that really jazzed me up. I was very excited because I love it when people come to visit. Heck,
11: yeah. So my my first disagreement, and my only disagreement, is that you claim it was a mistake to have us do character creation, and that that took up an hour. And what happened during that was we all just unleashed our '80s kids traumas all over the place. <laughs> like we That's had the scary. conversation. It was there was X card out there. We all looked at it and we we're like, nah, brah. it's cool. We're just gonna make it real. And so there was an ab- there was an abusive. Father, you know, like fighting with their uh, mother, who was a heavy drinker, and there was a mother who was cheating on the father, and it was just a network of terror. Before we really hit the ground,
8: typical small town Americana, sure.
11: <laughs> which, which you know, the colony on that planet, you know, was like 400, 450 people, whatever. Like, it's gonna be drama, and so it was super drama when we hit the floor. And you did a great job of being like, okay, well you guys need to get rolling. Let's do some stuff. And so we were like, okay, let's do some stuff. And then dude's dad showed up and we were like, Oh,
3: that's real. Okay. <laughs> that happened.
11: So we're going from here and it's going to get ugly. All right. So we had the discussion in the beginning, you know, we could get face hugged. We could get, uh, you know, put, put in a vat or whatever, or a chrysalis, super sweet. Um, and so that was in my head the whole time. And also the whole time I was like, maybe we're going to get away. Like, maybe this is an unreported part of the experience. No. (laughs) Uh, It was a game that I wish we recorded just so I could listen to it again. Like, unadulterated. Like, I don't remember it as well as I would love to listen to it again. It was super great. When you were talking about tone, you rode that line perfectly between what was going to happen to these kids, how are they interacting with each other, and and what is the danger? You know, like dangers were all on TV screens, and we were always. Uh, my character was constantly hacking into stuff, and you know, trying to protect all of the other kids from the terror that we were looking at. And I was like, no, it's fine, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, <laughs> so, uh, and that was picked up on by everybody. So, like in the genre of an Aliens movie, there's always the corporate man.
4: Yeah. So
11: that was me. Yeah, yeah. It so was, yeah. Yeah, but, oh. but like child a Paul kid, Reiser, right? But like a <laughs> right. little kid who just wanted <laughs> to be cool. Like yeah. he was the popular kid, but he clearly was not. Popular.
7: Like Paul
1: Reiser, <laughs>
11: <laughs> right? So yeah. So that was that was us. That was great.
1: Awesome. Very cool. And we welcome
13: Heavy Metal Jess back to the stage. Heavy Metal Jess. That's that's weird and awesome both at the same time. Just <laughs> so, pull that, never just gets pull gets that little weird. snippet
2: of audio and just have it be like on your phone or whatever. Yeah. I should so like,
13: have it play when I come into the office. Oh, hell that. yeah.
2: When you walk into the office, yeah. uh, like, like when you join a Geo- meeting fenced. over video conference. Yeah. Right, it's like, I'm jazz! <laughs> We need
1: one really good audio of it, so on the count of three. Okay, right. ready? One, two, three. Everybody's yeah. jazz!
4: jazz! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can you imagine somebody the first time they call Where's Happy Jacks I heard about that I think I'll watch this
5: podcast What the fuck was that? And how do I get it? Yeah, I mean I just, just said it That was weird and awesome That's our brand
13: no. I mean why do you yeah. think I've been listening to so yeah. long
3: <laughs> It's only kinky the
1: first time
8: <laughs> Nah <laughs> Is it
1: Jenka Curious?
8: Broke Jim <laughs>
9: Bye we just gym. broke
2: Jim. Bye-bye, Jim. Bye-bye, Jim.
13: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the all the games I've played, because I've quite, played quite a few, I tried really hard to, like, stretch outside of my comfort zone and character creation, but then there were papers put on the table, and one of them said Rocker, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <coughs> so um, I played the Rocker chick who walked around in corpse paint the entire game. And it was,
8: as a 13-year-old. As
13: a 13-year-old. So think about, like, early Norwegian black metal. And I feel like I did the system justice in that way. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really great. Be- and I think one of the things that really made the tension happen, one, was everyone who played the game was familiar with the source material. In a good way, though, like, we weren't expecting it to follow exactly But we knew enough about it to build tension internally for ourselves anticipating certain story beats. So it kind of was a good artificial tension builder. Um, And then another thing that really worked is those moments of realism with the characters' backstories where there was almost more fright and tension when we ended up encountering the abusive dad in an Uh, elevator than when we saw the xenomorph. Behind some lighting fixtures, so we were actually a little more afraid to confront him than to confront the mm. monster, which I think wow. really speaks well to the 80s teenage kid movie um, and The reason we never ended up having anybody end up broken is because we all rallied with each other and we had like these great little moments of um, like a stand by me kind of thing where mm-hmm. kids were encouraging the other kids to like move past their shortcomings so it was kind of a really deep interesting game for kids confronting aliens it was yeah.
8: great, and that was all you guys that, sounds that was amazing yeah. well done like I yeah I could not ask for a better way to spend a half hour prepping nice <laughs> <laughs> I think and that's I think that's a huge thing as as GMs
2: that come and run things at cons. In fact, when when Elspeth and I were talking, like, oh, we're going to be coming back. We're actually like moving back to the US Woo-hoo! that that, that weekend, right? And immediately, uh, woo, US. Uh, and, <laughs> um, and it was really funny because there was the call for like, hey, we need. Kim was like, we need people to run games, and else was like, oh, you're going to run a game, right? And I'm like, I hadn't planned on it because we're moving our lives, but I guess I am is how much, I think, especially at cons, players give you. Because everyone's here for, like, Mm -hmm. I'm getting my maximum gain on in, like, three days, right? So when they come into a session, they're like, this is going to be four hours of just distilled fucking awesomeness, right? As a GM, it's like I get so much energy to feed off on that, it just makes it, like, a fabulous experience. So for anybody who has thought about GMing at a con, they're like, "Oh, well, I don't know, how do I do it, how do I fit in four hours... Just just go for it, right? You'll get so much back from your players. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, so now, Dave, your turn for the golden question. Like, what did you learn from running this awesome game that you made up by yourself?
8: Other than listening to Christopher Gray. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
8: the author of Great American Novel. The
1: Great American oh. Novel.
8: Yeah. Uh, no, I... Um, Why does it feel like there's a battle between... Christopher Gray and Dave Kazay for a
2: match. They brought it, man. I'm just responding like, and reacting. Yeah. It's like a tally board at the end. <laughs>
8: like right. Tennis back and forth. Uh, all right. Um, I think. I'm
3: just saying one of our stretch goals.
8: <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear
1: you talking to the mic. <laughs>
3: I'm just saying one of our stretch goals for A Town Called Malice, which just recently closed, was indeed a alien terrorist called Station to Station, might I add, which was available and will be available through Backerkit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank Whoop! you for
8: that. All right. That's the first time anyone's ever cheered for Backer Kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like yeah, and s- done and done. somewhere yeah. and somewhere
2: in the Kickstarter universe, an angel got their wings.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. Answer uh, the question. So
8: I think the thing that I learned is I want to try and stretch more systems outside their box. Yeah. Like yeah. that's I, that's the thing that fascinated me the most about this is like taking something that's pure and innocent '80s kids on an adventure and turning it into oh shit.
1: <laughs> uh, this is gonna go
8: bad. That, was my first
1: when I heard from- that should be yeah. the name of it. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> shit! oh shit!
8: Who made this wine? I gotta, I gotta oh, get Oh shit! I gotta get that state senator from the wire. To- shit! <laughs> we
4: will puke. No wine. <laughs>
8: But yeah, I don't all know right. what's coming next, but I'm going to go home and think about what I can fuck up next. Nice.
5: Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, other Saturday afternoon games.
5: Uh, yeah, I ran a game. Yay! <laughs>
1: Yay! What game did you run, Jason?
5: Well, it, there's a funny story around that, actually. Um <laughs> So I, I brought the PBTA Star Wars hack that I really love. Uh, I, Andrew Medeiros put that out. Uh, it's, it's like my favorite version of a Star Wars RPG. Called?
1: Is that the one that you're running tomorrow morning it at is. 9 a.m.? It is.
5: That's Star Wars. Uh, uh, I think you find it as Omega World because <laughs> okay. he doesn't want to get sued by the mouse. Um, but uh, the, uh, the evil mouse? I had Star the Wars. Mouse couple, like, plenty of scenarios I could do for Star Wars. And then I also have uh, the game Demigods that I wrote. Uh, Demi- is that going to be a Kickstarter? <laughs> it, uh, our, our Kickstarter launches next month. Yeah! That, but um, the, the best part for me in just setting up the game was... I, I pitched, I said, hey, I have the Star Wars PBTA, I have demigods that I wrote, so I can take four players, and that, that's kind of how games on demand works, is you, you pitch a game and you go over and wait for people to come to you and just huddle in the corner and hope that someone comes <laughs> yeah, to you. It's not, it's not uh, that
2: sounds right. like my college dating life. But,
1: um, I was so going to say, like, middle school dances. Yeah.
5: Several of the the first guys who came over was like, yeah, the Star Wars thing sounds cool, let's let's play Star Wars. red. Rad. So, we we eventually sat down, and we had four, like, 30 to 40-something dudes. What are you saying? And one 13-year-old girl. No no joke. She was amazing. Steady, but Bill. The, Steady. It was like, shut most, up. most of these guys were like, yeah, so could we play Star Wars? And she was like, so I really love Percy Jackson, and you're demigods thing sounds really cool and every dude melted and we all went we're playing demigods
2: i'm gonna play oh okay
5: all right right. it was awesome
1: that is so cool yeah um it was what what playbook did she get
5: uh she got the arcane and it it was like her first choice like it it was she was super excited so i i was really glad that she got to do something that was really fun for her um And we we built um, for the first time. I had players pick the two players pick the same god parent. Uh, We had two children of Hades, uh, which was a a great fun thing. I love James Woods. Uh huh. Uh, You're it. (laughs) That makes one of you. Um, And we had a uh, let's see, I can't remember everyone but there's like half the cast is here so i um, hey. imagine they'll want to hopefully they'll come up and say something and save me uh, <laughs> but uh we we ended up uh there was a mysterious suddenly it was thunderstorming in la which is not a thing that happens Except and uh, yeah, how dare you <laughs> that is
2: so timely of you yeah.
5: jason and it turns out uh that's what happens when storm giants wrestle Ah. And they had to go figure out what was nice. going on.
1: Uh, have you run demigods for someone that young before?
5: Uh, yes, but it was usually several people in the, like, roughly in the same age range. Uh-huh. And this, like, fearless young lady was just like, We're going to do this. <laughs> and That's awesome. Eat it. <laughs> I mean, I- no, <laughs> she was actually super nice, but just. No fear in the face of all these old dudes. Like you guys aren't that old, but yeah, I'm, thirty to forty old. old.
1: Fuck you. Yeah. To Can a you imagine? Old? That's a lot. Yeah.
5: Can you imagine being forty years old? Like that's just incredible, shut right? Like, the shut f-
1: up. <laughs> I'm I'm in favor of her Amazon Energy. Uh, all right, yeah. so players, come up here.
2: And yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat>
2: Yeah. I haven't seen Guys, the back of your so head. Silly. I haven't seen the back of your head yet, but I'm gonna like it. Yeah we go, that's what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> Who are you and what makes you famous?
6: Uh, my name is Eli and Kimmy maybe famous? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was super great, dude. Like her enthusiasm to want to play demigods was like <laughs> we totally gotta to play demigods because <laughs> I mean Star Wars Star Wars. Eat it. Eat the mic. I'm not trying to. Uh, yeah, but it was super contagious and it was a great game. Uh, this is the second time I've actually played PBTA, and both times have been with Jason, so I'm super lucky. Yeah. Whoa, all
5: right. Yeah. Well,
6: as far as you know. Oh. <laughs> <true>. <laughs> my <laughs> sec- it's my second time being held prisoner
2: by the same guard, and he's
6: really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really fun. It was uh, really creative. Uh, we all had like our niche things to do, and we did them well. Nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: which playbook did you use?
6: The Tree Person. The Verdant.
1: Yes. <laughs>
6: yeah, it was super cool because, like, I think like, I normally play, like, Killy characters, and I was totally like, oh, I want to be the nice guy for once. I was totally nice.
2: Were you a Killy tree or a nice tree? I was
6: a super nice tree. Oh. Un- I was, until? Un- I never killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to fight the, the head... Uh, what was he, giant?
5: Yeah, it was a big old storm giant.
6: And then, so I used my super duper power and got him with a whole bunch of vines. And then I took him to my little garden, special garden, and basically said, if you don't let us go, you're not going to leave here. Nice. So that's, then,
8: that's not a euphemism. It's
6: not.
5: <laughs> he got him with the vines and took him to my special garden.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
5: and I told him he couldn't leave. You, you could do that in Demigods, written by Jason Mills, coming out in Kickstarter <laughs> June 2019. Ding!
1: Mark on the board. Thank yeah. you, Eli. Woo! The, yeah, the Verdant is actually a super killy playbook. If you, Yeah,
5: yeah you, it can swing either way. You, yeah. you can be like kind of a healer or like vicious animalistic fighter. Yes. Like it's it can it's be cool. really fun either way.
2: Awesome. So so it, like Groot would be in the, the yeah. Verdant That's exactly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
5: yeah,
1: absolutely. Very cool. Awesome. And uh, what did you learn from running this game today?
5: Um, I learned that I still like my game. Uh, (laughs) Yay! Another another game designer uh, said to me er, early on, like like a year into playtesting, was like, "Oh, you'll you'll know your game's done when you hate it." And I was like, "Oh, I hope that doesn't happen." And now it's it's been almost two years since I started working on it, and I still love it, and that's exciting for me. (laughs) Like, oh, good, it doesn't suck, or at least I like it. So um, I (laughs) don't, whatever.
1: I love your
14: game very much. Oh, thanks.
1: Yay! Who are you, and what makes you famous? I'm happy to see you too, by the
14: way. Um, I'm Burke from the forums. And- Yay! Yeah! Oh, that's really right. <laughs> <Burke.
2: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> is like, oh, it's awesome, isn't it? It's right. fantastic. The power. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking post again. That was cool. The unspeakable
5: power.
14: <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played Jason's game. Uh, it was super fun with the, with the guys and the adorable 13-year-old who, like, was way better than all of us. <laughs> um, and uh, it was super fun because it was the first time I played Demigods, but I've heard all of your guys' APs and stuff. And I, I'm actually going to be playing a campaign in it, which I'm really excited about. Or, like, running a campaign. So should <laughs> be cool. Um, but it was really interesting playing in it because none of us were really super fighty. And so it was this really interesting situation where I was like, well, are we going to do that? Or are we going to just try to talk our way out? But none of us could really talk either.
5: Well, so it was. <laughs> that's an interesting statement because something like four out of the five players chose to have an epic weapon. <laughs> and, and I'm listening to them pick their stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. They probably want to fight some big monsters. Uh, giants. How about giants? They all have epic weapons. I bet they want to use them. Nah, we'll talk our way out.
14: <laughs> we didn't actually swing a weapon once.
5: Uh, that, that's correct. Yeah.
14: Yeah. <laughs> it was really bizarre. That's correct, Bob. Um, it was super fun, though. Um, and uh, it, if I could talk about the game right before that, because it was like three-quarters Happy Jacks people... Um, so my con experience so far has been like really mixed. Like groups, like you you sit down, you you play with some people, and like there's some good people, some bad people. It's kind of a mix, right? I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my first game this morning was with uh, Jess and Jason and Jean and some uh, one other person I didn't know, and it was truly one of the best games I've ever played. in. Uh. like everybody was a hundred percent in. Everybody was super into it, and. I hate adversarial games in general, like PvP or whatever. But this game we played, the Crown, the Sword, and the Power—unspeakable power, well, unspeakable
5: one. power. Oh, unspeakable yeah. power. Yeah.
14: Holy yeah. hell, that game was wacko. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was so much fun, yeah. and it was great. And everyone, no one took it like to heart. And it was, it was truly, it was a badass game. We had an absolute hoot doing it. Awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and one other thing I want to say. Yeah. Uh, Dave Kaze's game where with uh, Dave in yellow. I was at the table next to him. <laughs> uh, and I was more involved in his game than my game. Yeah. I like, know it was it was really funny. He was like all I, over the place. It was great.
5: I have been across the room from a Dave Kaze game. Yeah. My first game at my first con ever was at a table caddy corner from a Dave Kaze game. And I will remember it forever. His game, not the game I was in. <laughs>
14: And your takeaway was that you want to be in Dave Kazay game, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, that was my right. takeaway. So anyway, that was it. Very nice. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I remember like the first con I met Kazea at the Dave Kaze podcast. Um, and I played in I played in a game and I came back and I told Stu, I'm like, Oh, holy shit, there's this guy you gotta talk to. I just played his game like I don't know, he's got some like bullshit company he's selling some stuff but oh my god he is an amazing gm you gotta talk to this guy like and i think i dragged your ass don't touch me i drive well okay touch me from behind he's he's, he's observing you from the rear tell me how my hair is too because that's important oh that feels nice um and i think that's the one thing that uh, i do want to throw out as from a standpoint of Pure energy at a table from a GM, like, you are number one on the charts, my friend. Because I almost feel like it's bad when we, like, have to, like, no, no, you're on a podcast. Sit down. You have to stay on the camera
12: 30% of the time. Um, I, I, and I'm the asshole who has to do that holy to all the time. crap. So when I make the spreadsheet to figure out what rooms to assign to what games, I didn't ever have the GM name on the sheet because it was fairly irrelevant until Dave came on as a regular GM. And then I found it very important to be able to know who's running what because I'm never going to put Dave. I had a guy with a hearing aid running games at this convention. There was no way I
5: was going to put Dave in the cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. We love you, Dave. Yeah, we love you. Just sit down.
1: So uh, speaking of which, last uh, – did you all the things? Do you want to talk anymore? Do you talk about your Kickstarter
5: coming up anymore? Or? Hey, you got a Kickstarter? Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> the game Demigods by Jason Mills kickstarting in mid June, yeah, uh, 2019.
1: And they can go to DemigodsPBTA. Oh. Nice.
5: Yeah, I, actually, for real, DemigodsPBTA.com is where you can go like grab the newsletter and download the the beta material. Oh, you have a mailing so. list? Yeah. Who
3: told you to get that?
5: You did. Yes, so I did. I-
3: God damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
5: Oh yeah, the the art. I, I got the uh, proofs for the cover today, which I'm not going to put online yet. But if you're here at the con, come find me. And who's, d- you. and who's doing your cover, Jason? Uh, Minerva Fox, yeah, uh, aka Minerva. at Blue Troller, um, Blue Troller in our forums and in the chat. Uh, it was, it's been it's just a rad partnership. She's a, she's a wizard. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. It's so
1: good. I, I'm very partial to it. All right. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so this afternoon I played in a game. It was run by this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. We've talked about him for like What was the a game? Lot. The <laughs> game was Spirit of 77 yeah. by... Dave oh Cazette. that
5: old dead horse. <laughs> is is that the one by I, Dave Kazay at Monkey Fun Games? I, I hate is. you so bad, Roper, for <laughs> Monkey Fun Studios. Mr. First, Bells.
1: It's actually the first time I've gotten to play in Spirit of Seventy Seven. That's not true. What? No. No,
3: your first game was Masterpiece Seventy Seven because you Right,
1: but that's different than Spirit of Seventy Seven. <sighs>
2: It's got that 77 thing in the title, so it's part of his, like, bullshit franchise. Just go hey, with it. Hey,
1: I hey, hey. I was accurate. That is more important than everything else. <laughs> True.
3: True. Ready to work. Fine. There you go. <laughs> Not all Samsung. of us. This... God.
1: No, but this, this like, I've played, uh, like, a lot of games. I played Masterpiece 77. I've played um, a, a <laughs> lot sorry. of your different I'm still games. I'm laughing at that.
2: It's okay. <laughs> you but... played in Demigods by Jason Mills. You played a lot of PBTA <laughs> games. A lot of
1: PBTA. Um, but this is the first time I played in, like, the your original game, like, Spirit of 77, and it was really fun. So do <laughs> you sound surprised? <laughs> I like the shock
2: in that. That was great.
1: Well, okay. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't Janine, know. Janine, do you hear this?
3: Do you hear the shit I'm getting from my quote-unquote no.
2: friends?
1: No, I... My wife
2: ain't even pay attention to you? Is this, this. Wait, are we going to talk about Dave's game? Yeah, right okay. now, Okay, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. Okay.
1: Hey!
2: No I, I gotta go sometime.
1: I've lost control. It's spinning out. Okay. And, and no, so's Bill. What the hell? <laughs> masterpiece seventy seven, like, is in my wheelhouse. Because I'm a nerd and like Masterpiece Theater and all those things, Shakespeare, all that shit is like my wheelhouse. The actual seventies are not my wheelhouse. <laughs> so I was a little nervous about playing it, but I knew that like Elspeth was playing, so I'm like, okay, I have a friend who will whisper the things and the secrets of the 70s into my ear. Um, but (laughs) Super sounds of the 70s. To be fair,
5: Kimmy is much, much younger than we are and was not born
1: in the 70s. I was not born in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, I was was born later. Um, But uh, it was really cool because playing it, um, you could very clearly see the inspiration of Apocalypse World, which I have played a lot of and, like, the, the clear lines between the two, but also you've done a really amazing job of, like we were talking about earlier, about naming the moves in a very evocative way that, like, clearly made each of the playbooks, um, like, like, playable.
3: We're talking about Spirit of
10: 77.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, I sat down, and I didn't have to know anything about the 70s. Like, I sat down, and I was the all-star um, vigilante. It's like, boom, I was able to step into that. It didn't matter that I wasn't able to, like name characters off of TV shows from the 70s or something but like I knew exactly what that character was and what it would be even without that reference like and it was really fun to just kind of like step into that really cool role and have a Russian accent
7: what, one thing I love about Dave uh, one thing I love about Dave Kazai's games is that his, his ability to convey tone through the literature yeah. and that's something I aspire to you read one of no. I'm serious. You read one of these games and you know everything you need to do as a game master and also as a player. The playbooks and the and the game master sections are written impeccably. And uh, the spirit of seventy seven is an example. Bedlam halls an example. So is
5: malice. Shut up and <laughs> take the compliments, Kazay.
1: They- <laughs> oh, he's break-taking like his wallet and paying. Hey, I uh, said right, nice things go. too. Where's Jesus my money? Christ. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, oh, but uh, first, I really want to oh, hear. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to uh, hear you kind of run because you were running a new uh, a new uh, scenario that you'd written.
3: Yes, I was.
1: So, will you tell me a little bit about it without ruining it. It
3: like, was double feature it? number six. Meanwhile, back in a ranch that will be available through drive-through RPG. <laughs> All right, I'm right. really sorry about all the ads in the show.
1: <laughs> it was not. I'm intentional. trying
3: to sell it, honey, Jaden. I'm trying to sell the game right there.
1: Why don't you tell us a little bit about it, other than where to find it?
3: Well, Spirit of '77. No, no, not the add. scenario thing. <laughs> it's a PB. Oh, I'm sorry. So yes, so we did. Well, you know what? I'm going to let one. Hey, we have one of the players right there that was actually part of the, the Meanwhile the Back thing. at the Ranch right there. Come on over.
1: So we were in Arizona. Was it New Mexico? Oh, okay. They're the point. same.
3: Honey, this is paying for the hotel room. Let them talk. Hi. What?
1: <laughs> what's your name and what makes you famous?
15: Uh, my name is Alex, and I've tried very hard not to be famous my whole life.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
15: <laughs> tried to avoid it. You've lost the game. Fair enough. Talk right into it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, uh, a... Kind of a combination of a BJ and the bear and uh, um, uh, a Smokey and the Bandit type character what I was, was the the, name I was of the your driver monkey companion oh I had a I had a monkey named Panda I had a trunk monkey mm-hmm. so uh, I was driving a a Cadillac because we needed to have enough room for all of the players and all of their NPC baggage, which With there a was a road. lot yeah uh, and so we were driving through Las Vegas and then unfortunately the thing that I'm sorry. Like Actually, you,
3: do, you like, were in Prices Right, New Mexico. Prices Right, New
15: Mexico. Okay, and we uh, uh, immediately the the problem that occurred to stop us there was my my car ran out of gas. So that be, that became, as the driver, something of a little bit of a challenge to be able to uh, navigate. But then I also had the uh, uh, well stocked trunk, which was just kind of you know GM Fiat. You've got anything that you really need in there, and so at some point. I think I had like cough medicine and I had, you know, diamond and I had Secrets. Yeah, secrets. <laughs> and I had I had a Geiger counter and I had uh, <laughs> uh not to give away spoilers, but you need a Geiger counter in that particular mission. That uh, one you
3: did because Prospector Al glue in the dark do- uh, glowed in the dark. Glue yes. in the dark. What glue
15: the in the dark, that? yes.
5: Prospector Al just Glow <laughs> ed. <ad>. Yeah. <laughs> Blow on it, walk it off, son.
15: Right, yeah. But it, 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 it worked out really well, and, uh, and uh, we had quite a lot of fun. Um, the, it was the first time I've ever actually played a PBTA game, and I uh, uh, picked it up right away.
2: Well,
7: I mean, what do you think? It's, it's all the rage. It's what the kids are playing.
15: That's what I hear. That's the word on the street. No, it was a, it was an enjoyable game, uh, and uh, the mechanic was, was dead simple. And uh, uh, if it wasn't for a guy who was the kung fu rocker who... Apparently was the bard of our group and gave extra dice. Yep. Uh, I would not have succeeded on a single roll that I made. So, uh, uh, yay for that! Hey, Bill, what
3: did Elspeth think of the game she played in? She liked it. Good.
2: <laughs> no, she actually she came back. She's like, oh, oh my god, I haven't played in so long because we've been you know isolated in in the in the Queen's country um, from playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by, that, order, of by order of the queen, you expatriates, you be out there in Chiswick uh, hello. Um, hello, no, uh, no, but she she definitely came back. She was like, "Oh, like, oh, that was so fantastic. It was really fun. Um, it was interesting. She she played a character who was very off type for her." um and so she felt it took her like a little while to get into it but once she did she was like oh I was totally in and then this crazy unexpected stuff star started happening with some kind of like automaton serial salesman uh and I think anytime uh especially Elspeth c- comes back from a game and says I'm now gonna tell you about something that left an impression on me something must have gone right so it, yeah.
3: was it was. very weird because I said to her to Elspeth and by the way for those of you who don't know Elspeth it's Bill's wife uh and a, a fine, fine singer, my dad uh, She said to me, you know, I'm going to be in your game. And I said, what stereotype, or not stereotype, but what archetype do you want to play in the game? And she goes, well, I really want to play Cher. And I thought, okay, well, we have that for you. And she realized that, um, that Cher's more of a honeypot character than a singer or a rocker. And it was very interesting because... It really she she did things in game that I wasn't quite sure she would do, but she had no problem losing her top at one point.
2: Uh. Goddamn right! <laughs> I mean, I, I oh. mean, she's very much into the role so play. Yeah, oh, yeah. So loud. Man. Oh, dude, I like to I like to peek the board once a show. That was it. I
1: hate you.
2: <sighs> she's wearing headphones, man.
8: Peek the damn conference room.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> no, if, I, if she if she came back and she's I'm like, how the game was she call. Well, I took my top off. I'm like, that's that's great, honey, because we the stream the, the stream needs more viewers. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. She was, she was like, yeah, I had two moves. So one was taking my top off, and then was then grabbing someone, looking them in the eyes while my top was off. And I'm like, I love you, Come baby. On, and I changed
8: their world. I'm like, I'm sure you did.
2: Nice. So, Very good.
8: I can't hold it in any longer. Was it... <laughs> Hello. Was it... Hello. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> was the automaton a vendor of dried breakfast greens? Or was it a automaton that, that tried to sell
1: things compulsively
4: uh, across you're, America? You're
1: going to you're gonna have to watch or listen and, and find oh, out. Oh. No. No Where can you watch that, Kimmy? Uh, you can find that on uh, youtube.com slash or if you go to happyjacksrpg.com slash YouTube, either one. It's not on Twitch? It, it'll be on Twitch. Okay. But it's on YouTube forever. Twitch is on for like yeah. 60 days or something. So I'm going to give the URL that will be good forever. That's marketing.
2: So if you are a part of a far future archaeological dig that finds <laughs> this podcast, I'm sorry. It's on YouTube. <laughs>
1: Please remember me for the years of working with children that I did, and my educating and my master's degree. Don't remember me for this. Okay, we can keep going.
8: Now I love the idea of the, a future based on Happy Jacks. Like that's the last thing. Uh, it's like the wild stallions. Yeah,
5: yeah. I know. I know what my next PBTA game is now. I'm you could. Sorry. You could play the Bill. You could play the Kazay. You could, <laughs> Oh, you can play the yeah. Kimmy. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, can, you can play the Bill. What is the
1: snark stat? I don't quite understand. Well, if you look over on the Kimmy sheet, it's the one that's you know, really high. I think
5: the, the Kimmy is what we call the MC in that game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and on that note, was there anything else you wanted to add to this Kimmy? He says, like, finishing everything
1: up there. Uh, yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? All good. All good? Okay, uh, no, I had a great time playing this game. It was really fun. Um, I liked the, the mix of... All the different playbooks and the cool, like, in the middle of nowhere, kind of ghost town scenario that you did. And it's very clear. Like, we only, like, barely scratched the surface of this very in-depth story that Dave has made. So if you end up playing this, it's it's deep, man. And there's all these connections.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
9: it's there deep. you go,
3: Roper, in your face.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> As
4: um, always...
3: As always, I always like to point out whenever I'm on the panel that I want to thank always Jim Sandoval who has always treated Monkey Woo! Fun Studios very, very well in their support when we're doing it. We love you, Jim, and we always want to say that.
2: Yeah, great. Thanks, Jim. We love you, Jim.
1: Jim's been waiting <laughs> very patiently. You can eat a dick. <laughs> well,
8: <laughs> well, if you had one, I would.
5: Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. Now, move, so it's incredible. on! It's on. He's
8: whipping so, it out.
5: So loud. Alright, sorry. I won't do that again, Kim. <laughs> I got very
12: excited. You can talk. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> all of a I have all the dark presence behind me. It's like, oh, oh it's <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> dark presence. Um, all right. So anyways, the I knew that we were closing down, but um, what I wanted to say and I wanted to put on camera and tell everybody here and whoever is listening that uh, Strategic Con is incredibly grateful. Uh, to the Happy Jacks uh, group for not only providing us with quality entertainment for so many years uh, uh, via the podcast and via the games that they run here and uh, I think that my department would be empty, hollow and nowhere near what it is without them and I appreciate them. It
1: would be more sober.
12: (laughs) And and sobriety does not have its merits here. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to say that I love them all and I love you guys uh, everybody that's listening that, mm-hmm. doesn't, that can't maybe mm-hmm. come over to the convention and enjoy it this way mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> thanks so much for being such a great part of a great RPG community that I'm very very proud of being a part of
9: Oh,
4: we
1: love you too yeah, and if you're out there and you're thinking about it, um, Strategic Con does three conventions a year on the three-day weekends, um, and it's awesome, and you should take uh, everyone's example, Jess, heavy metal Jess and Virk and everybody, yeah! and uh, make your way to one at some point, and it's super fun to get drunk with you and hang out and play games. It's very fun. So are we set? Are we, on on mute? Mute? Yeah, are we still no, on you mute?
2: Yeah, No, you're not on mute anymore.
1: Out <laughs> well, then... <laughs> It's started. Oh. Uh, I've got something to say. I have a lot
5: of things to say. <laughs> all
1: right, so uh, we're going to go drink more and play more games. Yes. And we love you all. And yeah. we will see you later. Thank you and good night. We Woo!
3: Woo! Of Happy Jacks
1: RPG
3: <laughs> Podcast.
2: <laughs> Stu can't ride enough.